Oh man, ignorance is bliss, ignorance is love, and I need that shit If I never did show, then I'd probably be a myth If I cared about the blow, then I'd probably be a jackass Okay, so this is the Advanced Sector Combat Podcast. This is a podcast about uh, wargaming and the experiences of our wargaming community. Um, again, there you go. I managed to make it 20 words in and I already said, um, so this is professional podcast. <laughs> uh, this podcast is brought to you by myself, Dave, Jason. Hello. And our mystery uh, guest, who this time is actually two people. We have two people, two mystery hosts at the same time. It's John and Nick. Welcome, gentlemen. Hey, everybody. Hello. Thank you. Yeah, and I didn't ask if you wanted me to use your real names, but there you go. You guys are out there. So it's John and Nick. But I didn't know for using the. You guys should identify yourselves so that we can tell. Yeah, my handle is CatchNick4 on the guild. And I'm Floyd Wing. And, And we ask that you guys not. And you identify yourself because we don't want to box you guys in like that. So it's an open world. So <laughs> I really appreciate that. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so, so these are going to be our guests for this podcast. These guys are both uh, members of our guild. They're also, interestingly enough, uh, uncle and nephew. So uh, I thought that would be kind of a cool thing. That's right. So yeah, we won't say which one though. <laughs> which one's older? <laughs> we can see. <laughs> so uh, this is an explicit podcast. Uh, if 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 you are a small child listening, make sure your parents aren't around because they might be upset. So, but keep listening because you might learn something. You don't have to listen; just download. I, I've been very excited about this episode just because uh, I, I've kind of been talking to John and Nick a lot online recently, and I was kind of thought it'd be cool, but. Is somebody like like doing laundry right now? What's the noise I'm hearing in the background? Is this laundry noise? Okay. I think we know who the culprit is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> John. Okay. Well, I don't. I don't know what. Maybe it's my my fan. Your stomach. Know. What's going on? Okay. Anyway, so uh, I am doing whiskey this time. So I, like I feel I, I feel pretty good. I am going to be riding the fine line between. Uh, semi-professional podcasting and turning it into a complete uh, disaster episode. Yeah, so that's that's can... the line we like. Goosey-goosey and disaster. Cool, more, more ringtones. Yeah, that's right. As Ralph would say, it's past gold. So whenever it goes off the rails, let's just hope it's not going to... Because I, I think this is actually going to be a good episode. I'd rather derail it, but who knows? Sometimes that's what people listen for. So we'll just roll with it. So... Um, why don't you guys get started? Nick and John. Um, obviously, John, you're Nick's uncle. Did you have something to do Correct. with getting Nick into wargaming? Let's talk a little bit, you two, about that dynamic between the two of you. I I think I did. I mean, Nick can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I, I think I used to run this uh, like play-by-email game and for my friends, and I got Nick and another one of my nephews in it, and I used to have this like yearly kind of convention where everybody could come and we'd play games all day and Nick would be a part of that. And then I don't know, somehow he started learning about the war games that I had and played and got into it. Yeah. I think we played Axis and allies maybe. And that was probably the first war game ish game that we played. And 
I was hooked at that point. We had gone to um, Gettysburg and Antietam. It's surprising that I'm not a miniatures player because you see all the dioramas there, and I was just enthralled. Now, now, so John, was there a point where, like, you kind of did you always know that Nick was going to be the nephew that you were going to be able to recruit into this or bring over to the dark side? Did you have a feeling about him? No, not at all. He's always been kind of a jerk and a, and a poor loser. And <laughs> I, I, I thought, why, why would I ever want to play with him? But no, I don't know. It's it just, funny now that those guys are reversed. <laughs> now, now, what's what's the relationship between you guys? Like, whose sister, who bro, whose brother is whose parent? My mother is My, his sister. Yeah. So, so John, was there a point where you're like, "Hey, this kid's this kid's going to be a war gamer." Let me start investing some time in him. Like, I can turn like normal family events into actual excuses to war game. Yeah, I, I think it. I don't know. Kind of started like him and his one of my other nephews would come over and we'd have gaming weekends. And I think I don't know, maybe a certain time the other nephew couldn't come or couldn't come till like the second day and i think maybe i just introduced nick to it i think i don't know it was like the we played that one six bridges game that free one from uh, i think it's target Arnhem, maybe or target Arnhem. Like i mean the first and then he said how we played the one axis and allies but i think the first real one that i got him into was the mighty endeavor oh and yeah so, so how long ago was that when you actually started getting nick into like the full like board war gaming stuff Oh God, I was in high school probably. Yeah, were you like a sophomore? I, yeah, I was probably a junior? sophomore. I think originally my parents had to drive me over. Yeah, we used to like meet halfway, and then when we'd take him home, we'd meet halfway so we wouldn't have to go the whole. So day. you guys were like sharing custody of Nick at that point. So basically, <laughs> you would. Yeah, they they didn't like him either, and any break that they could get from him. That's great. Sharing the burden. <laughs> Who knew that I was so much fun that multiple families would want to spend time with me? That's right. So, so now, John, uh, what what would you say right now is the favorite war game that you're playing the most of? Uh well, we we kind of always have like an SCS game going on the side. You two uh, partners, you guys game together exclusively, or is there other war game that's going on outside the family? Uh, I, for me, it's pretty much just Nick. I think. Nick plays with uh, Cliff and other Guildy now and then too. And I've I've been over there and we've had a weekend of gaming too. Yeah, I've kind of brought Cliff over a little bit. He's he was my project last summer, so he's been playing uh like Blood and Roses and Conflict of Heroes, those types of games with me. Now, is this face to face or online? Yeah, he lives about a mile down the road. So, oh, this is are we talking it's, Cliff? It's pretty easy. Is this Clifford Mud? No, this is a uh, Cliff okay. Hannon. I, I can't remember what his handle is. Maybe CJ Hannon seventy six or something. Oh, that's cool though. That's great to have somebody that close. Yeah, yeah and he's a history teacher, so he's got intrinsic interest in the hobby too, which is kind of how I got into it. You have to have the love for history. I think is what brought me to it yeah. originally. Yeah, I live in a county of ten million people, but I have no face to face gaming, so I think that's really great. You guys can get that, achieve that. I I need to find a. I don't have any nephews that are old enough to recruit. So <laughs> maybe I'll just. Go, I'm going to go just out gotta, to the community center and be like, "Will you be my nephew?" I need a nephew. <laughs> no, yeah, just start following some kids around. I, I can't see how that would go wrong. I need a wargaming nephew. I'm looking for that's code for something. So 
Uh, that's cool, though. That's really awesome. So I thought that was a kind of a cool situation where now you guys are basically now Nick's a, an adult. I, I won't say he's grown up, but he's an adult, like legally, like <laughs> according to the laws, good, according to the laws point. of the land. And but you've got basically like a built-in like when you guys go to family events, do you bring games? Like if you're going to Thanksgiving or something, we bring a war game. I I well like. I used to be known as the the gaming the nerd. uncle or something like, yeah. And uh, so, like any family gathering, I would always be the one that would bring games to play. Not not war games, but like you know games that we'd play after we eat and stuff. And but I don't think we really. I don't know. There's never really that enough time to really play much in a war game. I think I I think we played, we played Hammer uh, of the Scots one time maybe, and I yeah. think I got my ass beat so it's pretty cool now, now can't you tell family like you guys are midwestern can't you tell them like hey we're going out hunting so we're getting this cabin and then all you do is just bring war games you know if you're doing hunting you just sit out in the cabin and war game for three days <laughs> well we we have what we call like the gaming weekends where i'll go to nick's or he'll come over here and like he'll we'll show up on friday night and then we'll game all night and then all saturday and then crawl home on yeah Sunday. because nick is actually a noble bachelor right he's he's that's true it's just him and his dog uh, his i'm on the market there you go late that's right so all, all the ladies guilty. out there <laughs> nick is available oh god now, john you've got daughters but i guess you're not into war gaming so that's been no they like i got an 18 and a and a 15 year old and that, I, they used to play games and stuff with me but never never war games and that's kind of gone to the wayside i have to like really yeah, that's force kind of the story of my now. life right now like i'm like arguing I'm, I'm basically ordering my daughters to play games with me you know but my daughters want to play D D. they don't want to play the game like other games i'm like oh D is like oh, i gotta do the dm and it's a lot of work but they're like starting to try to blackmail me they're like well we'll play king of tokyo if then you'll do a D and D adventure. I'm like fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's the, it's the opposite for me. I go out and buy the X Files game because it's something they're interested in, what or what they're watching. So I think, oh, they'll play that with me. And we played it once. And it was yeah, no, I, like, I go through that too. And I tell my wife, I'm like, no, I think this would be really good for the girls. And she's like, are you buying that the girls really? Like, it is the Homer Simpson bowling ball gift, you know? Where I'm like, I'm like, what? Do you guys don't love this? Like, I got my girls yeah. catacombs. Uh, the third edition one, the new one, which is really nice, the the, the newest one. Yeah, that new. Yeah, one it's cool. very cool. And it's kind of a, a, a modern, maybe a more modern look of the art, and uh, so but it involves a flicking of the pieces, and oh, the tears! Like literally, the youngest one, it was supposedly her birthday present. Uh, there, there needs to be a lot of flicking practicing <laughs> before the game starts. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I literally had New to give her a couple paper towels so she could wipe the tears off of the board so they wouldn't work because there was so much crying in it about the <laughs> about wow. like, and we, at one point they're laughing because she moved up she flicked up to a, a guy basically it's wooden pieces and you flick the pieces around but it's kind of cool because all the the, the circles are different sizes of spell little missile. Uh, pieces you can flick so some characters can run up flick up to somebody and then within an inch of them they can flick a missile shot at somebody but my kid my youngest would flick one way flick the other way flick the shooting two inches away and shooting like 17 times to where we were all dying laughing we could not <laughs> stop laughing and the tears oh just flowing over the board <laughs> hey 
you, you better give up on her as a war gamer because there's no tears in war gaming. That's right. So, I thought I thought Catacombs would be a huge hit. That game is so much fun and it's yeah, so easy to play. The flicking of that dexterity. I'm trying to Mr. show dexterity. her how to do it, that's like how to brace her hand and flick properly, and just no. So I can fudge stuff, you know. And there's and there's dice, and they always they know they get their daily reroll, so they'll roll like. But I get my reroll right, so I give them the reroll. <laughs> so the D&D nice. is a huge hit. Um, I did. I think I mentioned before in the podcast. I kind of told them like, don't tell a lot of people at school that you're playing D and D because that they'll they'll play and then they'll, go to school <laughs> yeah. and they'll tell everyone all about their adventures and no one basically no other kids are playing. So at least in California, like in, in my grades, we're talking second grade and fourth grade. None of the other kids know anything about it. But then my youngest one is like, oh yeah, I was telling the yard lady all about it. I'm like, why would you tell the yard lady? <laughs> she's gonna uh, think you're a satanist or something. the yard lady apparently right. heard about D&D she said it was an old game I'm like 5th edition 5th edition lady <laughs> she, she might so she sees you running time. around the yard in a cape she'll probably be yeah, okay you guys uh, no. we don't throw little lightning bolt sandbags at each 100%. other or do any of that stuff <laughs> that's, so you're that's not right. we don't even use you're not LARPers. So well, we don't even there. use miniatures, which is so funny because I was a big miniatures guy, but I have gone like so opposite it. Like I remember when, uh, I don't remember this, but when NWS did the, they had their Kickstarters and a lot of the, the big Kickstarter, which had a lot of cool stuff, had all the miniatures. And with Chris, I'm like, why the miniatures? Who wants shit? Like, I don't want the miniatures anymore. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like now anti-miniatures. I'm like, that had cost. I don't want any of that shit. You've come a long way. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, we just draw out the maps and they play and they have fun. They enjoy it. And the D and D fifth edition is pretty easy for them. It's just basic math. It's not real tough for them to get a handle on. But yeah, the old the old D and D that I played, it was all the in your head stuff. We never had maps and miniatures. Yeah, when I say map, I'm talking. I draw it on a piece of paper as they go. You know, we're just drawing one arm, trying to recreate like yeah. the map that I have. But... Yeah, we would do that, but yeah, we never like I know what the the previous edition wasn't it just basically kind of like a miniature war game. Yeah, with like dailies and encounter actions that that's basically in squares. Like it can move this way. Like I don't think I've ever had to say to my kids like, "Well, what's your movement rate?" You know, we just flow with it. If they run, they run. If they walk, you know, whatever. So right. we just work it out. So yeah, it's better. So Nick, uh, did you never do any role playing? Oh, uh, we actually. We're pretty big into my cousin has Warhammer Quest, and we were we have some pretty good stories about that. Uh, that was always a good late night game where we'd be pretty toasted going through the uh, dungeons playing that. But we did do a D and well, I guess it wasn't D and D, but some sort of role playing game here recently, actually with Cliff. I think we were I was so drunk that I don't hardly remember any of it, but I know it was fun. Was yeah, it a, I, I, I don't was it a much either. game or was it actually fantasy? <laughs> what was the role? No, I think I think I was supposed to be cooperating with the other character who was not being cooperative whatsoever, which made it very difficult for anything to move past the initial stage of even getting yeah. into the dungeon that we were supposed to go to. Or apparently, I don't, it, I don't it, know. I, I, is this one of these adventures where the, the, they basically they, they're introduced to the duke and the duke is like, well. 
you know, I'm the Duke, so you should bow before me. And then the party immediately attacks the guy who's supposed to lead off the adventure. Like they're like, or the first tavern, the party attacks all the good guys. Supposed to I think I did attack the guy that was like leading us to the dungeon because he was pissing me off. I don't remember. Then that happens. <laughs> Adventures. I think it was my fault. I kind of gave them each a little backstory that kind of could tie to each other. And so that made like Cliff very suspicious of Nick. And he just would hardly cooperate with him at all. It, it was, was hilarious. pissing me off so much. So it's a win. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I mean, and my girls do the same thing. Where like, where they actually make up their own stuff. I don't have the time to do all that, but they'll be like, "Oh, I'm secretly a princess who left." I'm like, "Yeah, that's great. Put that on your character sheet." We'll deal with that. <laughs> like, they, they, I'm like, my my name is this, but my my secret name is this, and one one is like, "Oh, I'm kind of shy," but my I'm like, "Yeah, that's all sense." I'm we're going through a pre-created adventure. I don't really give a shit about it. Like, I'm just grumpy dad, basically. I, I awesome want to play. Not much into it though. Oh, they're, they're super into it, but I really so want to cool. play like King of Tokyo or like uh, Catacombs or yeah. other games, and they don't want to play any of those. So it's irritating. You should you should figure out how to tie those into the uh, the D and D. Like, oh, we got to play this game to simulate that we're doing. Oh, as opposed to my current technique, where I say, unless you play this with me, we're not playing D and D. There you go. Now you could resolve D and D combat through Catacombs. Oh, that would be bad. That would not work. The, 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 the resolving is the problem with catacombs. So, All right, so guys, there is a quiz. Now, this is going to be interesting because uh, you guys are actually going to both be participating in this quiz. So Jason's actually going to have to keep score individually if you guys should diverge on a certain answer. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> can, can Nick always I answer first? I would recommend cooperating. No, yeah, right. So let's see. Don't split the party. That's <laughs> what the party. So, um, well, Braxton apparently had a meeting with HR because this one is titled a super fun podcast quiz. Braxton oh, great. and Braxton for, for people who haven't listened, he's our intern. He's uh, very well paid. He gets all his excellent benefits working for the podcast. So uh, Braxton is in charge of doing our quiz, which is an optional quiz. If well, let me say if every question isn't about the Battle of Long Tan, then I'm hey, gonna be in trouble. I watched like half the uh, documentary, so we might be okay. Um, yeah, not so much. So you guys, <laughs> <laughs> that was a diversionary oh, tactic. <laughs> That's right. We zigged, you zagged. So there you go. Um, so are you guys going to do it? Or you guys, you guys don't feel like taking the quiz because it is optional. So. Nick, you gonna be a, a pansy? You guys want to take it? Yeah, I, I don't I'm, know I'm if in. I want to. But but I'll do it. I'll, if you're I'll do, do it. it then Nick, I'll you do can it. give me advice. You lead by example. All right. We can discuss our answers with each other, correct? Yes. You're allowed. You still there, Dave? Well, I guess there's no quiz. <laughs> Dave gave up. We aced that puppy. <laughs> 20 out of 20. That's awesome. I'm going to pop open another beer for that. Oh, he's gone. That's weird. Marks the time. You guys there? Yep. Yep. 
Yeah, I guess we had server connection failed. That's the first time we've had that. It was just on you. We were all still here. Oh, did it drop me? That's weird. So, all right. Well, you guys did great on the quiz. Uh, good job. That's yes. one of the best performances we've ever seen. <laughs> that worked great. Yeah, it's really bizarre. It said remote host closed the connection. So, all right. All right, so we have a super fun podcast quiz. So we're ready to go. I assume uh, while I wasn't broadcasting that you guys agreed to do the quiz and signed all the uh, requisite documents. Everything's in order. So uh, there we go. So Jason, you got your scoring pencil I do, ready? I do. Are you going to score this in your little special uh, gaming journal book? I am. Do, Jason, where do you keep that book? Do you keep it in your pants pocket or do you keep it in your little shirt pocket? I keep it in my back pocket. So it's all work like and gross. So you've got wallet on one side and wargaming journal book on the other side? Kind of. Yeah, I keep my wallet in my front pocket. I just keep some cards, but yeah. Oh, so if somebody pickpockets you, they're going to be like, what the fuck? They're just going to get like, 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 grocery <laughs> lists and game reviews. They're and like, I totally fucking got this guy. Like, <laughs> now, what, what, so what do you record in the little book? Do you put like your gaming or do you put like, I don't like I'm never going to game with him again. Like, note to self, never play with this guy. All of it. All of it. There's, like, Lowe's shopping lists and recipes and all sorts of weird shit. That's pretty handy. Nice. I love that. Is this the little pencil that fits on the side of the book? No. It just goes on my front Now, is there a concern living in Arizona because it's so hot? Do you get, like, swamp ass and then the book gets, oh, yeah. like, kind of, like, yeah, it's like melty? Yeah, is that yeah. leather-bound? <laughs> no, it's, it's just paper. So it's a little. It wet. better be waterproof. It better <laughs> it's be waterproof. And I used to I used to use a fountain pen so the ink would smear and run and. It's, it's, it's worth a, money it's someday. History of a year in uh, in sweat stained paper. It's pretty nice. Ten, ten minutes after combat con, that that journal is going to be worth a lot. <laughs> we'll We're going to auction it off. It off. <laughs> you tra transcribe it into a novel. That'd be awesome. Yeah, eventually. Okay, so there's a quiz, so we're going to do question number one. It's name the American Civil War general associated with their listed nickname. So generals, Civil War of the Americas, nicknames. Rock of Chickamauga. Ooh, I think I know this one. Let's go with you, Nick. I believe that's Thomas, is it not? I concur. Yeah, that's good. It is that is correct. So that's one point. How about Fighting Joe? Ooh, that's Mr. Hooker. I concur. Yeah, that's correct. Also, Joseph Hooker, uh, Uncle Billy. Ooh. Well, we'll have to think about this one here. You got any clue, Uncle John? <laughs> good one. Uh, hmm. Uncle Billy. Yeah, Uncle Billy maybe is the not to be confused with the other weird role playing uncle in your family. People don't invite to family functions anymore. <laughs> uncle Billy's not allowed to come by after. There was the incident. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, Uncle. I have no clue. Man. Yeah, I'm trying to think of anybody named William. That would be the logical thing. Tecumseh? No, he wasn't. Was he William? Yeah. Sure. Let's go with that. That's your. That's all you. I'm following your lead. Yeah. Yes. Do it. 
All right. So what's what's your answer? Tecumseh. We talking about Sherman? Yeah, I think so. And you don't, you don't have to you don't have to pound your uh, talk to click with fist just because you're really happy about the answer, John. Like you can like. <laughs> I was excited. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I need to punctuate. That's it. correct. That's correct. William T. Sherman, Uncle Bill. Wow. I got one. The the next one is old Pete. Oh, that's that's your boy, Uncle John. Oh crap. Who's oh yeah. Who uh it, his his name just went out of my head. Uh crap. I just he was in Gettysburg that I just watched the month ago. You know I know it, Nick, but I you need to say the name because I can't remember <laughs> for some reason. That's teamwork. Longstreet. There you go. No, it's Longstreet. And I didn't but John, have you been drinking today? Has there been some drinking going on? Um I was drinking last night and I continue drinking today. <laughs> and, and what are you what are you drinking, John? What do you got? I'm drinking a Finn McCool from the Black Cloister Brewing Company. I got a growler on ice sitting next to me. And Nick, what about you? I have a beer from the local brewery here, Matt Anthony's uh, Six to Midnight, and there's a six-pack sitting in the cooler next to me. Jason? Uh, Jack Daniels Single Barrel. Nice. I got Bushmills Starter, and then I got the uh, Pale 31 from Firestone. So, yeah, the magic number for beers, I think the six-pack is the perfect number of beers to drink a podcast episode, so that's what I found. I've got Molson in You just have to learn how to spread it out. How, how does the yeah. growler fit into that? What's it? What's that? Like two and a half beers, like a growler, sixty-four ounce. I've got another growler just in case, so I'm good. John, I'm doing this here. Oh. You don't quiz me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sir. Someone said there would be math. Okay, so the, so you guys are doing pretty well. The final one is the Wizard of the Saddle. Would that be Stuart Nick or? Uh... Oh God, uh, I've never heard him be called that. It would be logical. The other person I might, well, I don't know. It's got to be a cavalry officer. Yeah. Think back to uh, our playing of U.S. Civil War. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to think of the guys who were over in the West. Wizard of the Saddle. Yeah, I always thought Jeb was a little bit overrated, kind of a prima donna. Is that a clue? No, typical Virginia stuff, though. Like, Virginians always thought they were the shit in the Well, the other options might be Forrest or I don't think it'd be Custer. I don't know. I'd be fine with Stuart unless you think that would be too obvious. Go for it. That, that's your call. We'll go Stuart. It's Nathaniel Bedford Forrest. Oh, shit. Uh, damn you. Hey, I gave you the option. <laughs> it's still not bad. No, you guys, well, uh, and my kids are apparently playing dance music above my gaming room, so we might have to, I might have to go up there and yell at them about that later on, but we'll see. Uh, soundtrack. Question, let me know if you guys can hear it, because then I'll definitely go up there and scream at them. Okay, so the next question is number two. For each listed battle commander, name the commanding officer of the army. 
Battle of Camden, 1780. Charles Cornwallis was opposed by whom? Oh, God. Can we just say George Washington for any American Revolutionary War question? What was this year, though? It wasn't... 1780? Oh, maybe we should. <laughs> don't you have any games about Camden? No, I don't. It's funny. This is almost like we get to hear the inside thing of one single host. Like, the thieves you're arguing with each other. <laughs> well, Pete told me to argue with Nick over every answer. That's bullshit. <laughs> um... Gates was he in? He, he was an American general, was he not? Maybe. These are generals. They have to be a general. Who was the commanding officer of the opposing army? Oh, the officer. We we got the British general. Who was the opposing commander? Screw it. Let's say Gates. Are you sure? No, I'm not sure at all. I don't even know where Camden <laughs> is. Is that is that Baltimore, like Camden Yards? Is that what? Cliff's gonna be so pissed at me when he listens to this. <laughs> well, well, there's there's also a, Camden's also a horrible city in New Jersey, but you never want to never oh. ever get off the exit in Camden, New Jersey. <laughs> Nick, you can you can decide on this one because I decided wrong last time. All right, we're gonna say Gates. That is the correct answer. Out, out of, you out are of the man. <laughs> Nicely done. The, the student has become the master. <laughs> I, I think I think we've learned from here on out. Any question that uh, goes to Nick. Okay, so the battle of Stalingrad. Uh, Zhukov commanded the Russians. Who was his opponent? Who I do know this one. Yeah, crap! I lose his name again. See, what I know, I want to quiz. Yeah. Are you guys, is that your answer? You agree with that, Nick? I do agree. Yep, we'll do it. That's correct. Okay, Battle of Shiloh, 1862. Uh, Ulysses S. Grant, who was his opponent? This is all Ooh. Nick. Ooh. All Nick. You got this one. <sighs> this is either one of those damn Johnstons. I'll, I'll take, or take two answers. There's two possible answers for this. Or it's Beauregard. There's two possible answers. I want to say Johnston got shot there. Is do you want to say it? Or are you scared? <laughs> I'm trying to get some confirmation from my uh, partner over here. Oh God, yeah, I think you're on to it. No, right yeah, there. John basically just pulled out right away. He was done. I'm out. <laughs> Like, <laughs> well, Civil War is Nick's uh, forte. He basically knows it all. All right, let's go, Johnston. Which Johnston? Okay. Oh, don't do that. Oh to me. no, you're messing with me on the Civil War. We're talking which Johnston? Oh God. <laughs> should we should we switch to Beauregard now? <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I would think that Joe Johnston. Is that your answer? Let's make it the answer. That is incorrect. Albert Sid Johnson was the, oh, was the general. That's who I was going to say. And he was killed. He killed blood on, I think, femoral. Yeah, he got shot in the And leg, then Beauregard took over. 
but we would have also accepted PGT Beauregard. One of the, one of the most shit. annoying uh, generals of the Civil War, Beauregard. <laughs> you know, Nick, I was going to say A.S. Johnson because that's the only one I could remember in the West when we played. Is that because, you should have said that. Is that, that because that. his initials are ass? Is that what yeah, like? I remembered that. Yeah, right. I used to have a, a, a game, a card game growing up that was like Go Fish, but it was American Civil War generals. So it would be, you know, Go General. So that's what I always remembered Albert Sidney Johnson from. Yeah, Joe Johnson was uh, commanding the Army of the Shenandoah during First Bull Run. So that he was. Thanks for the he reminder. Was the East Coast, but and then later on, he did a bunch of stuff, but too much retreating, so they got mad at him. So that was it. Though Joe Johnson was good, Albert Sidney Johnson was like kind of an underrated general. We never really knew how good he was because he died so early. And by we, I mean the United States, not the Confederacy. <laughs> I thought you were meaning you. Me, me. When I say we, I mean me and my dad. <laughs> okay, so we've got Battle of Quatre Bras, 1850. Duke of Wellington versus whom? I like these. I like the mm. question now. This is a really good type of question. Braxton did a good job on this. I told you to study up on Napoleonics there, UJ. I didn't. So who opposed opposed the Duke of Wellington at the Quattro Bras? Let's see. I know there's a nay. I wouldn't think it'd be so obvious that it'd be Napoleon, so that just seems like it wouldn't be that. I'm not not clear on what you guys feel. What is your strong area again? Where are you guys strong at? Anything from the Civil War to modern. Because this is 1815, so this is going to be before that. So I'm just trying to. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, we'll struggle. If, if there's ancients or Napoleonics or medieval. John, so John, what do you what do you feel like your strong area is, John? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I know World War II, but I feel like I kind of, I know a lot, of, or I know a little about a lot of things. So it's not like you throw any question i'll know it i just and x files so x files down right like at this point you're good yeah I'm, i've been i've been waiting for those historical <laughs> questions but they haven't come up <laughs> well nick i'd throw out nay but that's i mean I'm, that's the only thing i really know of all the sub commanders go for it we'll go nay all right nay is correct Boom. Oh, yes. <laughs> See, a lot of information about sm- small, useless subjects. Okay, next one is going to be Siege of Elysia by uh, Gaius Julius Caesar. Who was his opponent? Damn, oh, God. Now, now I got to think of... There's uh, a game on that. Now I got to think of Julius Caesar. Who the heck are the people on that? Would this be Rome versus Carthage, you think? Hmm, I don't know about that. I should have quick shouted out Caesar before he said Caesar, so then we could say that we we got it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I do that. Watching you guys to go down these rabbit Pretty holes. Where it's like, okay. yeah, could be, could be the Punic uh, Wars, maybe I mean, Caesar, Scipio. <laughs> I think Scipio was maybe yeah. an opposing so, general. So, so you, yeah, if you, you think Scipio might have been opposing Julius Caesar in the Siege of Elysia? 
I got no clue. <laughs> what about you? You went down the Carthage thing, which I don't know. That could be a, a horrible rabbit hole. But there was all kinds of like there was all kinds of strange names with that. I'm no, kidding. I do know. Wasn't no Caesar and Scipio? That was the that was the Roman Civil War, wasn't it? Yeah, wasn't wasn't he a Roman? You guys are talking to each other at this point, I assume. Like, cause we're not going to help you, Jason. Yeah. Gets, yeah. Jason yeah, is we, very strict on me as far as giving hints. <laughs> we know better than ask questions. Or I, yeah, I am we, enjoying the digressions, though. God, I don't know. If I you could no only clue. like, as you can talk, we could have a historical timeline and watch the the the, the arrow could jump back and forth as you guys go between periods. <laughs> how about how about Josephus, Nick? Wasn't he some that's right. old guy? Or Pharaoh? Or... What about Pharaoh? <laughs> when he made out of Egypt when the Jews fled from Egypt? Alexander the Great? Have we even thought about Alexander the Great? What about Cleopatra? That's right. Charlemagne? <laughs> I have no clue. I don't know. No, yeah, I, I think you need idea. to kind of know where the battle is. That's Elysium is kind of... Are you guys surrendering at this point? I'm surrendering. Well, yeah. I'm not going to try to pronounce it, but it's going to be Vercingetorix. It was in Gaul. It was a Gaulish tribe leader. This is the, the double encirclement at Elysia where uh, uh, Caesar was surrounding them and then a relieving army surrounded him. So he had to have walls to the outside and to the inside. So the fact that you can't pronounce it very well, does that mean that this is an obscure battle? Well, I'm going to say Vercingetorix. So I think that's the correct pronunciation, unless you'd like to challenge that. But they, no, it's not. Elysia is actually a big battle. And that was on the tip of my tongue. Elysia is a well-known battle. So yeah, you guys are just dumb with that one. That was there's too many syllables in the name. I wouldn't. Have. Yeah, I and that game's out of print. We can't be. Well, yeah, and the problem that. is not necessarily that the name. It's just if if you don't get the right campaign, it's hard to figure out that it's a Gaul that's opposing. This is Caesar's conquests in Gaul. So so let's move on. I can all agree that the last question was painful to sit through. Not just because of my pronunciation <laughs> of Vercingetorix or whatever that guy's name is. <laughs> uh, name the five U.S. aircraft carriers that were sunk during World War II by enemy fire. Ooh. Hmm. And this is one where I, I, can think, pro- I, think, I can probably get a couple. I think you basically can't call yourself American at the end of this, one of the answers to these questions. So, oh, let's, let's throw out the obvious ones here. We've got the Lexington. Yeah. Is that a confirmed answer? Uncle John, you confirm? I concur. That's correct. Was the Concorde? Was that? Or am I, no, it, am no. I thinking flight of the Concords? <laughs> the USS, New, yeah, that's the awesome USS New Zealand? Was that one? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, let's, I'm going to take a guess here. There's a couple. Was, was there a wasp? There was Wasp. I th- think that was sunk. Let's say. Yeah, let's do that. Wasp. Correct. That's a correct answer. Here, here's some other ones to think about. The Franklin and the Enterprise. I don't know if they were sunk. I think the Franklin was. I'm pretty sure. I th- isn't the Enterprise, isn't that like somewhere as an exhibit you can go to? 
I don't. I, so I, I don't know. So I, I, I don't. I'll go with your Franklin if that's. Yeah, let's go Franklin. That is correct. We're talking about aircraft carriers that were sunk, which is a very specific term. Yeah, you you cannot visit them without going to water. I think that's the idea. Those mm. some of them might be renamed later on, but I'm mean, we're talking about the original working ones. There weren't any. They they weren't at Pearl Harbor. They right because yeah they were they weren't there. They were yet. gone. Yeah yeah yeah. That's a dangerous rabbit hole, John. Don't go don't go to Pearl Harbor. That's not going to help you. <laughs> <laughs> Crap! This is horrible. See, I don't play many naval games, especially World War Two. Um. So we've got we need uh, two more answers. I mean, the, and I'm speaking the, on behalf of the Hornet one. I'm speaking on behalf of the people who are driving to work. So, did you say the Hornet? Yeah, is that one? Sure, guess it. We'll go. Hornet. Correct answer. Out of nowhere, yeah. the Hornet. Wow. Yeah. Last one for oh you, Nick. Um. Is that where John just looked out the window and saw a Hornet outside, and he's like, <laughs> hey, "Yeah, one scared to my death tongue. of those things." John's like, I'm going to guess the USS Mosquito. Is the Mosquito. <laughs> Got the USS Bird Feeder. <laughs> That's right, though. Hummingbird. USS Hummingbird. <laughs> oh. I don't know. Do you want to go Enterprise? I don't think that's right, but. I don't think it is either, but I'm, I'm struggling yeah, I'm, to think of. I can't recall any. Any other. I'm fine with that. Screw it. Just, Enterprise. Just say it. That's incorrect, gentlemen. I'm sorry to tell you. Uh, the last the last two correct answers were USS Princeton and the USS Yorktown. Oh, the Yorktown. Ah, oh, the Yorktown yeah. is obvious. Yeah. And I don't get that one, but whatever. All right. So now we're into bonus. So this is good news. Bonus is, Jason, what is bonus all about? It's um the last questions we ask basically. I, th I think it's more yeah. for the listeners. Yeah, and like Jason, do the bonus questions add anything to the quiz? Or no, they no, just... they count exactly like everything else did. So I, there's some part about Jason explaining how bonus doesn't matter <laughs> that I just loved. Here. <laughs> it's always it's so earth shattering when this comes up with most. Yeah. Just just Jason playing we're like, it's no, just, they they it's matter. Just, it's just, just the more same. questions. <laughs> How are we doing so far, uh, Jason? Like oh, don't ask. Not Let it a surprise. Oh, way to go, Nick. Doing doing well. It's better than I would have done. So you you guys really okay? Bonus. Okay, he you told get, us we're doing well. Really need the this point. <laughs> you need these same points. If we can get That's one, right. I'll be happy. Oh, you guys are in so much trouble. Well, you're going to be. I just want to say before we start that any uh, complaints need to be addressed in person our intern at a convention so if you if you want to really complain about a bonus question that you got that you didn't think was fair go to a convention and talk to the intern in person Set i don't i don't think we can we can't blame the intern we can just blame the pronunciation of things well we'll see so the bonus question is oh my gosh guys i just want to advance i'm so sorry for this is it be, is it before 1860 yes oh crap name five battles of the first, second, and third crusades that start with the letter A. <laughs> Antioch. There you go. Antioch. Oh my that. god. Okay, is that a guess? You gotta give me an official guess. You agree with that, Nick? 
Yep, we'll do that. Yep. That is correct. Now, if Ralph would start pushing this reprint of Infidel. Yeah. Or if, or if you would have bought um, uh, that one MMP game. Yeah, blame me. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I could sit here and pretend like I could. I'm even trying to think no of just cities over there with an A. And I, I come up with Archimedes, and I know that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> what about Ocker? What's is, Ooh, is yes, Ocker Acre, one? Yeah, Ocker. Yes, we'll go with that. That's it. I don't it know. probably is Ocker, but we say Acre out here. I don't know why. I don't know if there's any relationship between those two terms. But. And that, that's our that's a guess. That's our answer. That's a that's yep. a guess. Gentlemen, you just earned a bonus point. Very nice. Which which, yeah. which Jason is worth two. Jason is worth how much? <laughs> just as much as everything else. Uh, I never get tired of it. I just love hearing it. <laughs> so there's there's three more. There's three more you can guess at. One of which I think you think is it, one which I think you should get. And I would say if you were Crusader experts, you maybe should get one more out of that. Just to reduce your yeah. self-esteem, historical self-esteem anymore. Okay. So need one more city with an A, Nick. <sighs> yeah, I'm struggling. Yeah. Well, and, and we're, we're talking of, about uh, battles, we're, right? So they playing? don't have to be cities. First, second, when, and third crusades. Yeah, when we were playing reluctant enemies, oh, what yeah. cities were... Yeah, I think you guys are that's a rabbit region. hole. You guys are going down the rabbit oh, hole there. So let's think about like the actual battles, like maybe what the question about, is asking. How about <laughs> the second battle of Antioch and the second battle of Acre? Those those have been legitimate <laughs> I guess guesses before. Yeah. I I say we, but he didn't call us on it when we said Acre and Antioch before. He would have been a stickler. Yeah. So it's probably yeah, wrong, but true. we can just or go would with I have been? Ooh, maybe you just bonus. assumed it was the <laughs> this first. Is Let's go with the second Battle of Acre and the second Battle of Antioch, Nick. All right. Those are both incorrect. Oh, we were so close. You, you, you should Feel better. free to just say you don't know. So then we can all move on, and everyone can like move on with their lives. Yeah, we don't. We don't. We don't. Know. Okay. So the next, the, uh, the so that was two correct out of five. Uh, the Arta A R T A H didn't see you guys getting that one. Al Fulu Fule A L dash F U L E Al Fule don't know that one. R Surf you could have gotten R Surf. R Surf is like battles maybe a little bit and Ascalon, and then. Ain't yeah, I've heard of it. Ab, or as in, they would say, Missouri ain't ab. That would be ain't ab, but a i n t a b. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have got any of those. But good job, guys. So, Jason, what are the final scores on those? Looks like eleven. Eleven for both. There was no diversion at any point. They didn't separate or sweet. No, they all concurred. And I, I feel like I gave uh, I gave a good effort there. With Nick, I figured Nick was going to take everything. Yeah, your limited knowledge base. Yeah, nice. So, so Jason, what time do you have to be done with this podcast? Um, two. Oh, okay, we get time. That's yeah, why we moved no, we it up. Time. So we're good. Um, 
so we're gonna we're going into garbage time. This is going to be garbage time right now. So I, I have some a couple little things that I want to talk about that I've run into that I thought maybe you guys might have some opinions on. And these are just I, did I tell you guys? And I'm talking maybe John and Nick about the old guy I ran into at the post office. No. Okay. So oh, I haven't heard this story. I'm, I'm selling a bunch of my miniature stuff on eBay, and uh, thank you. For so those, I've got by the way. Oh, yeah, Jay, Jason, you enjoyed those? I sent you some package. Yeah, Dave, Dave sent me a ton of 15-millimeter Vietnam guys. They're awesome. They're all up, sitting on my shelves right now. And, and Jason, they're actually 28-millimeter, but I'm not going to judge those. The rules are 15-millimeter. No, but the figures I sent you are actually 28. Uh, so those are, is, there a big, yeah. is there a big Vietnam space of miniature wargaming? It doesn't seem like it. Well, it's the rules I sent him are actually pretty cool, but I, I had done... Back in the day, uh, basically, I've been selling off all my miniatures. So when I'm going through to sell them, I found all these great 28 millimeter miniatures. I think they were, I painted up as Screaming Eagles. I think they're kind of, it's kind of a cool period because it's one of the few miniature periods where you've got black guys to paint and white guys because, yeah, you know, the, the U.S. was integrated at the time. And I did RTOs with little wires out of their backs. And uh, but I found all these NVA and VC and all this stuff that I had painted up like years ago underneath my game table, and I'm like, could I? I could sell these to some fuckhead on eBay for like a dollar fifty a piece, or I could give them to someone who I know might really appreciate the stuff. So I'm like, yeah. fuck it, I'm, I'm mailing it off to Jason. So I, yeah, know I was very excited. Yeah, I was, I was, as I was going through and I, I saw, it's a pretty good mix of white guys to black guys. I was like, that is so cool. Like that's, you know, that's thoughtful. And yeah, the, 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 so the, the sculptor is I think called Baker company. And I don't even know if they're out anymore. I don't know if you can get those figures anymore, but I, I played them like years ago and I have terrain patties, villages, all sorts of stuff that if we ever get to get in person where you're driving out or you come out for some volleyball tournament or something I'll, I'll give all that stuff to you sure drive back. but yeah anyway so I, I i basically have been selling a bunch of my stuff and i wouldn't sell the vietnam stuff i sent that to jason but i've sold a bunch of other stuff and uh so i have to mail the stuff to people so i've got my packages and i go we have like a little pharmacy that's got like post office in the back so I'm thinking I'm gonna go in there. I've got a couple packages I want to mail through there. So they, and it's like a, you know, they, it's like the post office, but they've got a little annex. So as I'm walking in, there's this old guy. He's got like, we're walking in the door, and he's got like five envelopes in his hand, like letters, and they've got stamps on them. I look at him, and he's like super slow. So I've got my package. I want to mail. I've got stuff to do, and he's got his like five letters. That he's gonna slot at the fucking post office back there so i kind of wait behind him as he's walking super slow through the the pharmacy and i'm kind of being okay cool and then uh as we're walking there's like three or four aisles that go to the post office so i'm like well fuck he's gonna stick his letters in the slot so i'm gonna just so i kind of speed walk on a different aisle like he's going like you know they've got all the hallmark cards basically going back to the post office area he's walking slow as shit i fucking speed walk past him and as he's coming out of his aisle i zip out of my aisle and drop my package on the uh the post office lady's uh scale so i'm like i want to ship it and this guy behind me goes asshole under his breath wow and i'm like 
did he just call me a fucking asshole? Like, but then immediately he goes, hey, Belle. Like, he knows the ladies that work there, and they're nice gals and locals. And so he puts his letters in the slot, and I'm, like, trying to, like, do my purchase. And I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm like, old guy. Like, I already did the analysis. You weren't going to use the, the thing. But he's being real friendly to the ladies. And then as he's walking away, he goes, Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he gets to use his old person card he's too senile yes yeah, so i was kind of like what the fuck so i'm like all right i don't want to get into like a big argument because i deliver stuff i send stuff out all the time with these girls and i don't want to get it you're not going to win a fight with an old dude and this guy's like 80 years old probably now did i try to outrun him to the location absolutely but just because i didn't want to be back behind him but all he did was stick his stupid letters in the fucking slot. So after I, I do my transaction, then I'm like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to go look for this fucking old guy out in the parking lot because now I'm kind of pissed. About <laughs> Fisticuffs. Yes. <laughs> now your blood's up. Right. Because I'm kind of like, the, the, it was one thing to say it the first time, but then as you're walking away to fucking give me the asshole raspberry again, and I'm trying to be nice. And the girl was even like, Look at me like, did he just call you an asshole? Like, I'm like, like he's sitting there with her. Did, did you tell him, hey, buddy, I play ASL. Give me some respect. Well, I realized then that Jason's life in Arizona might not be as easy as people think because there's old people all over the place. Everywhere. And the thing is, people make the mistake of thinking that old people are going to be nice. But the truth is, there's a ton of assholes in the world. And they when they become old, they don't become nice old people they become old assholes they don't change who they are so like jason for you living in arizona have you run into that where it's like like you must run into old people all the time at things yeah they're 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 everywhere so i live on the west side of town too near the retirement communities and uh yeah they make like summer is awful because they're just everywhere driving slowly you know in the post office in the restaurants making everything just gummed up and yeah there's it's just like everybody else. Like some some people you meet, they're super nice, and some are just complete assholes, and they think they can get away with it because they're they're old. But I mean, even in the Midwest, you run into old people a lot because in the Midwestern smaller towns, like my my small town that I'm from, uh, there's a lot of old people. Like the biggest part of the newspaper is the obituaries, and most of them are very nice. But like, there's a lot of jerks who are. I mean, like Nick and John, you guys run into that at all? You guys live in smaller towns, or I try not to go out, so I don't run into them all that much. But, but they're out <laughs> That's there. Smart. Uh, yeah. I mean, occasionally. But maybe the person that you were dealing with was just a really good judge of character. Yeah, no, I, I would say that's right. I, I will say that. Like, like some people are going to listen and be like, "Yeah, spot on." I think he, he actually nailed you. But, but normally with older people, I'm trying to be cool. But it was just weird. I thought, and the guy had some balls where I was kind of like, "Like, you're not going to fight an old right. guy yeah. because that you're going to be up on like murder oh. charges because like one punch with an old guy, that just, you're going to be in jail." That just I mean, reminded me of a story. Are you done with your story? Oh, oh so yeah, no, go ahead. Years ago, uh, we would go to this. Uh, it, it's at the the brewery that Nick, the beer that he's drinking from, Matt Anthony. They would have a beer festival every year, and they'd have this tent, and they'd have a bunch of breweries in. And we're there, and there's this old guy who's going around in a wheelchair, and he was there for quite a while, and. All of a sudden, my wife comes over to me and she says, that old guy just grabbed my ass. 
And then I'm thinking, like, what's the etiquette here? Like, can I kick the ass of an old guy in a wheelchair? I yeah, his ass. Right. Yeah, ass. it's they, like you, you're not going to win that that showdown, especially not now with cell phone video. It's going to look bad. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't know what to do. Yeah, see, they're they're horrible people. Old people. So did you find them? I, I I looked around. I, it's probably good that I didn't find them, but I just really wanted to talk to him and be like, "What's your fucking problem?" Because he wasn't even using the fucking scale. Like the thing I went to, he wasn't using. Like, but that's whatever. I'm with you. That would piss me off. My blood pressure would instantly rise. I was I would I was willing to put up with the first asshole thing. I was not going to put up with the second one. The second one was just where he's trying to rub it yeah. in at that point. He shouldn't have been going through the line anyway. There's a mail slot. Just walk up to the mail slot. Like, doesn't matter. And, and my my second general thing I want to talk about is uh, I don't. This is not going to be for Nick because Nick's young, so he doesn't have to worry about this kind of stuff. But like for you guys, like John and and Jason, like how often do you guys go for physicals? Once a year, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I do the once a year. Yeah, so you do like I do once a year where I go in. Uh, but I have friends who are like they they don't go in that often, and I was like worried that maybe my I was just abusing my prostate at that point. Like, am I the, is, <laughs> like do you get the prostate every time you go in? Is I've never gotten no. I, I I've gotten it, but I, I it doesn't happen every time. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, no. I'm. I'm not quite there yet. Like every time I go in, that's like the thing that happens. That's the end. That's like the cigarette smoking event that happens at the end. I think he's trying to discourage. What I really think it is, I think because they go in for every year, they don't want me to go in every year because it costs money. So they're trying to discourage doing the prostate exam every single time. Yeah, because you're not there yet either, right? I mean, that's that's a little bit farther out. Yeah, I'm like forty. I'm I'm forty five. Like no, at fifty you have to do like the full. Yeah. Tunnel yeah. exploration, the catacombs adventure through your through your, through your intestines. What with the where they're they're flicking the camera. <laughs> I don't even know what is the prostate test. I don't I don't know. I don't think I've ever had it. It's just a finger in your butt. Uh, oh, oh no, I've never if, had that. Oh, I, I don't, Jason, I don't think I don't if think you it's don't one, know what it is. Can't I don't think it. it's one finger, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I well, I take finger. it like a pro then. <laughs> I, I I did have a going joke with the guy where I'd be always like, "Hey, I think we should smoke a cigarette now." But I got to say, on the last one, it was just kind of sad where I just coughed at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I let him like uh, kind of, where he's like, "Bear down," and I'm like, "Bear down." I don't know what that means. Uh, I don't but, but anyway, at the end, so I I I I'd gotten like some kind of uh, test results on my physical I did last year and uh, well, when I say last year I mean like two years ago because my doctor had actually I found a, a late email when I got online at work that I, I'd done the physical like maybe mid 2014 and then the doctor was like hey this this stuff is elevated come and see me in six months and I'm reading this like <laughs> like oh I guess I can see my doctor but I had a really good physical and then he runs off and he does this test uh, and he comes back and he goes good news I did this calculation, and in the next 10 years, there's only a 3% chance of you having a heart attack. Wow. And I was like, if you knew how bad my die rolling was, I'm not, <laughs> not You don't like those odds. Don't use Vassal. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, yeah, I didn't feel comfortable with this. I'm thinking about my Lapatai games. I'm like, that's like a double one. Like, I don't feel good. I roll that all the time. 
so yeah, he was he was super thrilled. So <laughs> he thought that he was really giddy about it. <laughs> At least he was excited for it. Let's see. Any other, but Dave, I had, okay. One more thing I want to talk about too. I had, a, I had my neighbor came down and told me my neighbor recently bought this big RV trailer. So they were looking to get an RV, and this is more of my pussification of America type of story. Uh, the the decline of our civilization as Americans. So my neighbor sees an ad for an RV camper. So he goes out to Simi Valley and he goes down there with his dad, and he's like, "It's a really big camper. It's really nice," and they're really excited about it. So they show up and there's another guy that wants to buy it because it was in the paper. So the seller is like, oh, I don't know. I feel kind of weird because you guys are both interested in it. I'm not comfortable with it. So let's say the RV is listed for like eight grand. So my neighbor's like, and he's a great guy. I love my neighbor. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you guys are both here to buy it. He's like, well, fuck that. It's eight grand. I'll pay 8,500 for it. And the guy said, well, I don't know if I want to turn it into like, he's like, this is America. Like yeah. he turns to the other buyer. He goes, are you willing to pay 8,500? What's your offer? He goes, I'll match your offer. And the guy's like, well, you know, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. And of course the other bidder's like, well, and so the guy, the seller goes, why don't we just flip a coin? Oh my, oh gosh. my God. So even though oh. my neighbor is willing to pay five hundred fucking dollars more for the RV, the guy is willing to give up five hundred dollars because he doesn't want to feel bad to two strangers who he's never met before oh his gosh. entire life. So so my neighbor goes, okay, well if you flip the coin and I win, I ain't paying you the extra five hundred bucks. Right. Oh. So like it's and so they're going crazy, basically like. Um, my neighbor's dad is a good guy. He's like, this is America. This is like a market economy. You have two people here to buy it. This is a bidding war for this thing. So let's bid on it. And whoever bids the highest gets the thing. He's like, no, we're going to just flip the coin. So they flipped the coin. My neighbor won the bid. The seller didn't make the extra 500, got just what he had offered it for. I was like, what the fuck? He's obviously That's never weird. played modern art. But isn't that a bizarre thing where the guy's like, I mean, it's one thing if we're talking like 50 bucks or 45, but $500 on a car? I don't get it. I don't know. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a sign that like, what? To, to avoid five minutes of conflict and maybe feeling a little like, uh, I, I don't get that. There, there's no conflict. They just. How bit. can you yeah, feel bad no. from that, though? When yeah, I mean, how can you feel bad when the other guy's willing to pay more for it? That makes no sense. Yeah, but that's a that's a true story. So it was like totally crazy when he told me the story. He was like flabbergasted. I was thrilled because uh, he pulled his camper in the back of his house. I know. I'm like, now you guys are never selling your house, so you guys are going to be here for five years, ten years, our neighbors, because uh, there's no like our houses. You can pull RVs and stuff, but you can't get anywhere in the U.S. So out here in California at least so uh that's it that's all i got that's all my weird stuff nice. i want to talk about is that okay hope that didn't bother anybody that's some garbage time good. Yeah, garbage i'll save some other stuff i'll save i'll save some of the other stuff for uh later we'll do it next month but so um what do we want to do we want to do games we've been playing i think we've, we've done some kind of stuff like that jason what have you been doing not much still playing 1989 with mike haggerty um that's basically it my playtest got wrapped up still playtesting um silver bayonet of course uh, jason are you going to do the tournament at all the the twilight struggle tournament no 
No, I I have such limited free time these days that a tournament would just automatically turn me off. Right, too much pressure, right, to get everything done. Yeah, and even even the weekly playtest with with Mitch, I I've been traveling so much for work, I have to cancel every other week, and it's crazy. So yeah, just what about playing you, John? stuff on the road? Oh, and so what have you played? Like solo solo stuff? Yeah, small, or just... like small print and play solo stuff. Are you still doing the playtesting for the magazine games? That that got wrapped up. Right, yeah, it so. went it went pretty well. John, anything you haven't talked about that you guys play? Uh, I'm, <clears throat> Nick and I play Starter Kit 3 at the moment. Um, plan on finishing our current scenario, playing one more, and then hop into Decision at Elst. Um, we've got a Bastone SCS game on the side that it's my turn forever that I really need to get to and get back to him. Literally has <laughs> taken months for him to take I, turns. I don't know. I've been getting, I don't know if it's SCS I'm starting to get bored with or. Or just since we've played this one before, I don't know. But I, I, I'm enjoying it. I just need to get my button gear and get it done, and then. Uh, yeah, I, I found there's a trend with me where some games come in. And I, I'm like, oh, I gotta play this game, and then after a while, I'm like, fuck this. Like, I'm not into it. Like, and I tear it down. Like, I've got some games running now that I'm really excited about, like Stonewall Jackson's Way, and uh, I've been playing uh, some ASL solo stuff because after a while, it's like. Sometimes you find yourself playing games just to play them, and then if it's not fun and exciting, then don't do it. It's like... Yeah. We've quit games before, too, though, where... I What, what were we playing? Iron and Oak? We were playing yeah. a campaign game of that. And we just said, uh, no, we've had enough. Too much die rolling. Yeah, if it's not like getting you excited about it, then it's like, shit, it's your free time. Like You've got other stuff you could be doing. Yeah, and this, this Bastone game, it kind of comes and goes. It's like... All of a sudden, I'll get excited on a turn, and I'll send it off, and then like Nick's not as excited because it's taken a while or something, so then he takes a while, and then he gets excited and sends it back, and then, well, I'm all kind of out of it, a funk. It's just weird. We need to get past this game and move on. Or just stop it. Oh, no. We've got, it's, it's like it, the... And throw it out the like window. one and a half turns left. We've got to finish it. See, yeah, I don't, I don't care it's, about the finish. The, the ending's up in the air, too, I think. Yeah, I think it's, it's like I need close. to hold a, a Hex and Bastone each of the last two turns to win. So it, has it become exciting at this point? Yeah, I just need to get get the turn back to him. But it's it's exciting. And then the other the only other thing I've got is I've got uh, Fast Action Battles Sicily on my table right now that I've been kind of playing off and on. You're soloing it. That's cool. What? Yeah. So, what, what was the question, Jason? You're soloing it. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do those play okay solo? Uh, like I, I played the. Uh, it comes with like a little, like eight and a half by eleven map that you can play, like a kind of a learning scenario. I played that like a couple times to learn it, and then I set up the big map, and I enjoyed kind of the little scenario. But in, like, the big map, they're so... Like, I don't think the blocks are the problem. It's just you've got a lot of assets. You need to decide where to commit in a battle. And when I'm trying to, like, I don't know, outguess myself on which side, it's kind of... I, I don't enjoy that part. So I don't think it's a great yeah. solo yeah. game. 
I think that game is way more fun face to face with a with a live. Yeah, player. It's, it's definitely on my list to to play face to face sometime. I, I have I have the bulge one. I think the bulge one is way more fun. I, I, I definitely agree. And that's all I've been doing. What about you, Nick? What do you got? So continuing on what Uncle Jay said there, uh, what he failed to mention is our most recent SK game that we played on Thursday. Um, we're playing a scenario that's early war Barbarossa, and I just – this is hilarious. Just one of the reasons that I think I'm going to fall into – end up probably playing full ASL at some point or another. Um, but I've basically got one – massive i think it's a kv2 in this scenario um so it's like 152 caliber big gun um and he's got all these little small tanks that are swarming around me i think i mouthed the main gun twice malfunctioned the bow machine gun i immobilized it so i've rolled like five four or five twelves on trying to do anything with this monster and it, it it's been entertaining <laughs> i'm getting my ass beat but it's entertaining. no is that a starter kit uh, scenario or is that a asl scenario uh this is still starter kit starter kit three that's cool but yeah it's that's what draws me to that game is even if you're getting your ass beat it's it's telling a story so it, it's been fun playing that um he kind of went over what we've been playing uh cliff and i We've been playing Blood and Roses. Um, we have a lot of fun with that. We played, what else have we played recently? Conflict of Heroes. I think he just picked up Wing Leader, so nice. I'm forcing him to learn that and then teach me. <laughs> That's a fun game. So, yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm looking forward to trying that out. I know you're a big proponent of that, Jason, so... If we have any rules questions or anything, I'll probably direct them. Sure. Yeah, me or Duck. Duck. Duck's probably better with the rules, but I like to just make things go boom. Yeah, yeah. Duck is the prophet, pretty much in that yeah. system. That's... Nick. Nick won't learn any rules himself. He has to be taught. I've had to teach him every game we've ever played. <laughs> that is such a little. <laughs> I will say that the SK rules are absolutely awful. So anybody out there that wants to learn the system yeah, they are bad. and is confused by the rules, you gotta get on Jay Richardson's That's uh, right. little things he does. The, the, easy, the way easier way to learn it is to just buy ASL the, the pocket edition and read that and play some play yep. get beyond valor and just play some of the infantry only ones. That's the way to go. Because, yeah. yeah, you miss out. Surrogate does not spend enough time like trying to walk you through the actual scenario. Yeah, so if if I bad. didn't have any background in ASL, I think we would have been like totally hosed on trying to figure out what was what in this in SK. Well, yeah, Justin's playing, and he's. I basically told him, just text me everything. Like he did, he's like, yeah, I bought Elst. He goes, the first scenario I'm doing is the, the intro one, where, which is like uh, some infantry groups with Piots trying to ambush Tiger tanks, and they're all hidden. I'm like, yeah, that like gets you into all the most complicated parts of the rules like, yeah. right away, like the armor and moving, and you're hidden. It's just a mess. I mean, we'll sit there and try to look up 
the rules for armor in SK3, and it's like half the time we're just like, screw it, okay, it's this way, and then when we're done playing, we'll figure out what the rule is. Yeah, but you guys should always text if you have questions. Like I told Justin, I like talking about it, so like we'll look up stuff, and you guys can always feel free to hit me up if you have questions about it. Not, not like I'm an expert. Hey. Well, I'll have to keep that in mind for when I decide to stay up super late and watch you guys play uh, Stalingrad. After that's that's cool. Yeah, but you can also... But you can text me during your actual game because I'm just sitting there front-loading, being bored, watching some stupid show with my wife, waiting for my Vassal game to start. So, <laughs> well, You know, I'm drinking whiskey, watching like Real Horse Wives of Orange County. You guys can just text me. We'll have to get your number. That'd be good. Yeah, so um, let's see. Oh, hey, real quick, too. Want to do a quick update. It's Mother's Day coming up. It is. So everyone, remember, you have to buy Mother's Day cards. So... You don't just have to buy a Mother's Day card. I, I apparently have to buy one for my fucking mom, and I have to buy one for my fucking wife, even though she's not my fucking mother. And then I get to buy one for my kids because my kids don't give a shit. But if, heaven forbid, they don't fucking give a card because if they don't give a card, then all of us are going to be living in misery that entire day. <laughs> and I guess, I guess even, even the fucking dog, they have a card from the fucking dog. So I get to go. I bought, I bought a gallon of milk. A bottle of whiskey, Bushmills, a six pack of Pale Thirty One, and four fucking Mother's Day cards at the grocery store. And let's not forget, war games make great Mother's Day gifts. Oh yeah. Well, and and I've I've got I've gotten into it with my wife before though, where she's like, "Well, you didn't get me a card." I'm like, "Yeah, you're not my fucking mother. Like, so why would I get you a card for Mother's Day? Like, but now they've got the from the son and the daughter in law card." So it's like from the both of us to my mom. So oh my. we'll see. My wife already's basically bought her gift, so it, I'm all good on that. Well, this 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 early part of the year is like a landmine because you have Valentine's Day, you have Mother's Day. Like I, I'm happy once the summer starts because then all these bullshit holidays are done. Things over. Ah, I hate them. Like Father's Day, literally, I'm like, just leave me alone right. for Father's Day. <laughs> Yeah, May is my is Mother's Day, our anniversary, and then my wife's birthday all all smashed in together. So it, it gets oh, no, I, yeah, I have an I have an anniversary too. So it's like fucking it's a it's a minefield, dude. It's like total minefield. And how do you keep it original yeah. too? You got to yeah, get know, something by, different for every one of those. On the, on the, her birthday cards always like, well, I've I've said all this twice before in the last couple of weeks, so here here's here it is all again. Yeah, yeah, here's the thing they love that you do that's so stupid is you take the card and just underline one important part, and then they feel like you've added something to it. Like, that's what I do. I underline from, and I love you, and you will always be with me. And, and Just make sure it's not the word the so that it, it shows you didn't even pay attention. Right, exactly. <laughs> make sure, yeah, make sure it's from the right person. Make sure you pay attention. They sometimes they'll mix the cards up in the aisles. Make sure you're getting the card that you want. Yeah. Read Happy the card, birthday, great uncle. <laughs> but but that but, but that's but that's the secret. Underline a little part, and they'll be like, "Oh my gosh!" And you underlined it, like like yeah, I read it. <laughs> so, this has been so. There you go. This Nick. has been marriage. That's, that's some that, that's some life advice for you. And Nick, do you remember the other? Do you, do you remember the other? You've listened to podcast. What's the most important thing to remember when you're picking a, a wife? 
you got to show her the games. No, that, that's her. important. But the most important thing is when you're looking to find a wife, find a wife who's had such a bad previous experience that the bar is set so low <laughs> that she's like, I love, <laughs> she's like, I love that you don't do heroin. That's so great. Like, I, I don't remember this in a previous know, podcast. The bar you have to meet, like my father-in-law was such a terrible dad that my wife is always like, Oh my God, you aren't drunk all the time. Like you are the best dad. Like, <laughs> hey, I give myself Monday through Wednesday that I don't drink. That's usually okay. Yeah, you never want to marry a gal who had like the best dad ever and the best family life because then she's always going to be like, well, my, my family, we did this. You want some girl who had the worst family life. Yeah. So she's like, oh my God, you, you've never murdered anyone. Like you are the best father. That's <laughs> it's especially that in mind. A second wife. Yeah, that's right. Set, set the bar low, boys. Let's remember. I don't feel like I have to say that again, but let's let's find it where the bar is set very low. So, all right. So let's see what we got. Uh, reviews. Oh, hold. I got some games I played. Let me go over mine. I I, I played Silver Bayonet. I'm in the middle of the complete campaign, and uh, Ralph and I are really doing well. We had, in fact, we had Nick come in. Um, it's terrible watching them. Why? Why is it terrible, Nick? We're very friendly with you. I don't know why you would say that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So, uh, Plymay fell. I heard. I lost That's... that Special Forces camp. Yeah. You got a little loosey-goosey and... with your U.S. units there, huh? Well, no, no. Or with he, the he took it. Well, he, well I, I ran us. I did run one Special Forces guy out because I wanted to try to find his hospital. I won't say why I wanted to find the hospital, but let's just say I wanted <laughs> it's to find a good it. Thing to find. There's, there's usually intel there. So that guy got off. I guess I should have left him back in the Special Forces camp, and then Ralph took the Special Forces camp. But then Ralph tried to kill that little Special Forces guy, but I swooped in with my Hueys and rescued him. So we're all very happy about that. He was taken back to Camp Holloway where you can relax, drink a get beer, get massages. Yeah. Get talk. You have girlfriend? You know I have girlfriend? Uh -huh. Okay. But get massages. Uh, but then he tried to take Daco and I Ralph did not he was so focused on the northern side of it. I don't know if he could have done anything different, but he left the south of Daco open. So I dropped in a bunch of US troops and then ran them into Daco. So I did like the improvised landing and then walked them in. And then I pulled out the special forces guys that weren't doing great from Duckco. And so now Duckco has helped. So for all you guys that were worried about how he was doing, Duckco is not going to fall. Duckco seems hard to take. I did witness that. Well, especially if I can, well, it's not that it's Duckco. It's the, the fact is that because once I get U.S. Companies in there, there's basically no way it's going to take right, it. and there's no difference between the two camps. But for some reason, I can I've taken Playmay a couple times, but I can't take Duco for some reason. It's Duco, yeah. is it Duco? Mm -hmm. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I've got a couple fire bases set up now. I set up a, a operational LZ north of Duco, so he's in trouble. But basically, we're we're going hunting now because all the U.S. <laughs> units have showed up. So I did that. I played that. Boom. That's it. I think that's all. Oh, and then Catacombs, we talked about the crime. So no, uh, any of you guys have reviews? John, you have a review? Oh, well, I could probably give a quick review of Fab Sicily. Who Who is the drunkest right now? Who, who out of all four of us do we think is drunkest? Nick. Yeah. I'm five nice. All right, so Nick is Nick, why don't you do your review first? 
<laughs> I see how this works. <laughs> yep. No, it's, it's smart, smart because it, it, it avoids the disaster yeah. review at the end. <laughs> it's it's good to prioritize as yeah. It can get sloppy at the end. Just poured number six. I'm on the last of my growler. All right, it, it's it's not a competition, John. Come on, give your give your nephew a break. Let's let him go first. Yeah, get off <laughs> me. All right. So, I'm going to do a review of another bulge game. So, if you're upset at that and you don't want to hear another review of a bulge game, well, screw you then. Wow, that's I harsh. And it seems like people have actually been playing this on the guild uh, recently, which I've never seen anybody post anything about it before, but it's Bitter Woods, the uh, designer edition. Oh, nice. Is this by L2? No, this is the uh, Compass Games oh, Compass, version. Sorry. I, I haven't played any of the previous versions, so I can't compare to anything that was in those games. Um, but this is a pretty sweet package. I have not played it against another human. It's all been solo. I've played the Grand Campaign a few. Uh, I played it last year, and then I played it over again last year, and I played the tournament scenario just recently, the eight-turn tournament scenario. So I played a couple of the different scenarios. Now, is this kind um, of an I-go-you-go type game? Uh, yeah, definitely. It's going to be pretty much your basic hex encounter. Um, I would put it on a probably a lower complexity than something like Arden 44. Uh, I haven't played Arden 44, but I kind of know how the Simonich system works with France 40. I think they're fairly similar. But Bitterwoods is kind of like a classic, right? This is like a famous war game. This was, yeah, this was one of the games that when I got into the hobby, just perusing Board Game Geek, I looked at, what is it, the L2 version or whatever, um, and it just kind of caught me. And then when I saw the Compass remade it, I jumped on it. I think I might have got on the pre-order like a week before it switched over to the current pricing. So I think right now it goes for about 85 Um but you get a lot for the package. It's 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 very well done. Um, everything's pretty refined. I think they've added some scenarios from previous editions. I can't say that one hundred percent. But you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It looks like there's about nine different scenarios that you could possibly play in this. Um, it's I go, you go. Basically, if you can play something in SCS, or if you have any experience with this type of scale, you're going to be able to pick it up pretty quick. Uh, so are the nice. counters like attack strength, defense strength, movement type numbers, or what's the numbering on the counters? Yeah, so the, the numbering on the counters is going to be, um, you've got your combat value, and then you've got your ER, which is your endurance rating, which is going to basically function similar to the way that I think OCS has that. It's basically quality of troops. Yeah, it's like the action um, that's gonna, in OCS. Yeah, yeah. That's going to become 
important during your combats because that's going to be a modifier to your die roll. Um, if I have a 5 ER and you have a 3 ER, I'm going to get a minus 2 to my die roll. So uh, that becomes pretty big. Obviously, the SS, a lot of those units have pretty high ERs. Oh, and also this has black counters for the SS. So if you don't like that, don't buy this game. Yeah, that's right. If you care about showing. That's always a huge debate. Yeah, fuck that. That's, that's such a weird. Better. Who cares? It looks better. So, uh, I agree. I think it. The, the game looks great. The art's great. Um, all the armored units. Oh, but to answer your question, the uh, the last value on the counter. Is movement, so, so, so uh, Nick. So the scale are the units, companies, battalions. Like, what are the what are their counters? Uh, it's going to primarily be regiments and brigades. Obviously, so it's um, a bigger scale. It's a bigger scale again. Yeah, the counter density is not huge, which I like. Um, I don't have a massive background in OCS or super complicated games. I mean, my kind of bread and butter is, like we've said earlier, I like to play SCS. We play the sh Shame on you, Uncle John. You didn't introduce your nephew to OCS. Shame on no, you. No, we did. Uh, we've, played, we've played Reluctant Enemies. Yeah, Reluctant Enemies, though, I don't think is a good introduction to the OCS system. You need, like, armor. You need more, like, it needs to be Panzer Divisions and stuff. That's... Eh, we, we liked it. I I've, it I've always felt like Reluctant Enemies is kind of like a... I, and I don't own it, but I've seen it. I think it's not... The, the, the full feel of OCS comes where you get... It's really an Eastern Front type thing. One, one thing I liked about it was like the to fuel your your uh, vehicle or vehicular type of units there wasn't the thing where you needed to figure out like i use this much fuel to fuel my whole division or whatever it was it was basically like you need one sp per unit because we, we've never gone beyond that yeah right so yeah I, like i said i don't have reluctant enemies i think baltic gap is maybe a good one to try oh, whatever sorry nick i don't want to yeah, no worries. But this is definitely this is playable for somebody who might be intimidated by OCS. This game is completely playable. Um, like I said, the art is great. I love the map. It's two map. Well, two maps combined. I think the total playing the total playing area is like thirty by forty four inches. Um, but it's definitely going to be a step up from something like a victory lost or anything in SCS, something like that. Um, the basic premise, I mean, it's a bulge game, so it's, you know, the same thing. The Germans basically start off total surprise. Uh, the, the phases, just to get a feel for it, you're going to have your supply phase, um, and then you basically have movement and the ability to place reserve markers down, which is going to let you move those units and the exploit later. Uh, then you have your combat. Then you have the exploit. So, so um, um, is there any kind of command friction? Like, do you have total control over where you guys are going, or is there there's stuff where maybe this guy can't go there? Like, are there kind of restrictions on the command system? Yeah, in in effect, um, I think it, I believe it's fifth, sixth, and a different Panzer Army. I can't remember what the Panzer Armies are, but there are army boundaries from that perspective. Um, so Dietrich, if he's leading, you know, the SS units up in the North, 
that are going to be driving towards Liege. He's not going to be able to maneuver all his forces down to a different sector and just say, okay, now we're going to overload here. Um, there are restrictions for a certain length of time to start the game. Those go away, I think, after maybe six turns, six or eight turns, maybe. can't remember. Um, but from the standpoint of just moving units as much as you want, you can move them anywhere you want to within your um, kind of where they're able to be. The thing I like about the game is that it's got sticky zone of controls. So anytime you move into a zone of control, you have to stop. Um, and you can't move from a hex that's in a zone of control into another hex that's in a zone of control of the same unit. So as the Americans, it's pretty important to figure out where you want to try to funnel the Germans and what positions are going to be best for uh where you want to defend because you can defend a road junction but if you defend a woods hex or a forest hex that's outside that junction you're going to exert the zone of control there you're going to inhibit supply you're going to inhibit everybody moving through there everybody's going to, have to stop. Do, you, do you feel like this game is uh a game that's winnable as the germans um i think it's tougher on the germans than it is the americans i played it the first time I played it solo, I basically destroyed the Americans, just crushed them because I, I think I did a really shoddy job as the Americans. Uh, I think I had maybe four or five mechanized infantry and armored units get across the Muse within like a couple turns, which is pretty bad. Um, but now that I, I've replayed it, I think an American player that knows what they're doing makes it extremely difficult for a German player to win outright. There's different conditions where obviously, you know, the reinforcements are going to be coming in later for the Americans. Right. Yeah. You know where um, they're coming from and you know where they're. Yeah. And you have to kind of set units aside to defend against that. If you're playing smart, you know, you know, Patton's going to come from the south, you know, Monty's going to be coming from the west. Now, I assume there's um, also rules for like traffic congestion and stuff like that for the Germans. Um, it's fairly. The rules are simple. I mean, the rules are only 11 pages for the basic rules. Uh, I, there are certain rules for bottlenecks in certain cities or towns. But, uh, yeah, there is a rule, too, I believe, for the initial, like, kickoff of the offensive. But after you get past those first couple turns, there's nothing where you need to really worry about it. So, so, uh, so, other than so Nick, for you, like, if, say a guy coming in who wants to get a Battle of, a Battle of the Bulge war game, would, you, would this be a game that you would recommend? 100%. Um, and what I would recommend to anybody that's interested in this is... Just learn the advanced rules. Don't play the basic game. Play with all the advanced rules. The advanced rules maybe knock it up to like 18 pages, um, but there's really good examples, and they're, the advanced rules are not that hard. It adds certain things like uh, combined arms. You're going to add certain chrome rules for Piper where he can ignore his own control, so you know Piper can pretty much dig deep into the defense, which is fairly historical. Um, there's just a lot of neat things that I think the advanced rules add random events that you don't get with the basic package. If you play with, with the basic rules, you're just going to be playing 
a game that doesn't necessarily feel like a bulge game to me. So, so when you but when once, you lay this game out, are you like, hell yes, here we go. This is the fucking bulge. Like, does it feel like with the art and everything, all the counters, like you're like, you feel like you're there. Like, this is going to be the battle. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, this is my bulge game. Um, I don't really have, I have France 40. I have Normandy 44. I have, what's the other one? Ukraine 43. Uh, that, those are kind of my, gonna. I haven't played any of them, but I've read the rules to them. I don't really have any desire to go get Arden 44 because this kind of fills that niche for me. Um, I think it represents all the fundamental issues that the German player is going to be, you know, encountering the same things that you're going to get from any other game. That's going to have 20 more pages of rules. Uh, I think this game does. And I think, that's what makes it so elegant is I think it's, this is the, I mean, the fifth time that they've printed the game. So it's obviously. Yeah. It's been tested and run through its paces. Yeah. Is this, is this game yeah. currently available from compass games? I believe it is. I think they have on their website. I checked the other day. I think it might be low stock. They might have some little thing that says that it's at low you stock. You just have to find um, it on that stupid website. Their website's all. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. Their website. It's not good. We're, um, so at so but, stars one to ten. Uh, I think I rated it on the Geek Nine, and I'd say it's eight or nine. I haven't played any of the smaller scenarios, which is another reason that I think it's it's a good game. Um, it's got a it gives you a lot of options. There's a lot of replayability. There's a six and an eight turn tournament scenario option. So you know if you've got somebody that you want to play face to face with in a night, you can play one of those. Uh, and I think you still get that feel, but you don't have to sit there and play the, I think the main campaign is maybe like 20, 24 turns. I can't remember. And, and what um, about beers? Um, I think when I learned it, it, it took me that first game to play it. I would say if you're going into it straightforward, it'd be, you know, don't, do too much more than three or four but once you know the rules i mean i could sit there and you could drink eight or nine no problem and you'd be playing it fine how does the uh like the rule complexity how would you rate it on a scale like compared with scs and like ocs and stuff like that um compared to scs it's definitely going to be more involved OCS, not even anywhere close to it. Uh, you guys, you guys actually you think have... that OCS is complex? Why? Well, I, I think that's I, interesting. I think the the rule book is so well laid out that it makes it easier. But I, I think I think we know it. The only thing that that I think that we might have a trouble with is just like fueling those big divisions or whatever. I think that's the only thing I have a question okay. with. But I, I think with OCS, OCS gets a bad rap for being complex, where really the rules are so well laid out that it's you can find yeah. everything you need to know right away, you know? Yeah, I would agree with that, too. And, and I'm not saying, I mean, OCS, it's going to be, for somebody who doesn't have experience playing something, you're not going to want to go get, what's the game that you just got, Dave? Um, that has the bulge cover. It's a ro it's a road to the Rhine or like it's the Rhine one. Yeah, that it's the bulge. Yeah, OCS you're not gonna want to go get that. 
the over. Yeah, which, which by the way, I, I have not played since that. I mean, like, it's like that's one of those games where you buy because it's OCS, and then like, who yeah. you can play with? So then it just sits there. If, if you have any sort of background in operational type war games, this is something that I think any seasoned war gamer is going to be able to pick up pretty easy. Now, now Nick, um, Nick once, have you played Fab Bulge? I have not. So, yeah, I'd be interested to see, I think, as far as... Because sometimes, like, I ran into it with the Rhine game, like with OCS, where you can play the Bulge with OCS, but is it more fun than just playing a smaller game that maybe just handles the Bulge issues? You know, Fab Bulge, I think, does a very good job in the same uh, context as far as the campaign. Yeah, and I'm interested to see what people say about the uh, the new game that came out from MMP too, the Battalion series one. What's that called? Yeah, Last um, Blitz I'm Creek. Not, yeah, I'm, I'm not. As yeah, the Last Blitz Creek. We'll see if they if they, if they yeah, send yeah, us I mean, a review it's... copy. I'll be happy to go over <laughs> it. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's got. Uh, it's good. It's got bridge blowing, you know, air power, mud, ice. It's going to give you all those little chrome type things. So it's cool. oh, good job. I enjoy all it. All right, Nick. Excellent job. Good review. Thank you. Uh, Nick, Jason, either you guys are John, Jason, either you guys want to go next. I think it might be your turn, Dave. <laughs> Is it my turn? I'll go. I'll go. All right. I am going to review a uh, History Maker Baseball. Nice. Nice. So I know this might be controversial because I know it's not a war game. Jason's I'm also say, not reviewing a war game. You motherfucker, you've already done it once. You did that ancient <laughs> duels thing. Hey, hey, I, hey, I would play. I can uh, get rid of my game. Fab Sicily and I can do a uh, hockey blast. <laughs> Just throw it off the rails. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, fuck you guys. All right. So uh, I'm going to do History Maker Baseball real quick because I've I know I've talked about it. We've talked about some of the things. God, can I get can I get myself? I'm going to try to get myself on like just straight talk because I can't constantly press this thing and like try to get through it. So hold on for real quick. You're shattering the fourth wall, Dave. He's going to need. Trying to remember where I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm trying to remember where my fucking button is. Configure and then settings. <laughs> It's like the second drop-down button. Yeah, but it's not the same way. Are you on an Apple or are you on a PC? Oh, I'm on a PC. That's not the same. Let's see. It's Apple button F5. And then... Give me a sec. <laughs> I better note the time. Cut this all out. Oh no, isn't this? I thought this was all golden moments for everyone. There we go, here we go. This is my favorite stuff. This is making the sausage moments. So so what are we supposed to do when we have to go pee? Do you just pee in the bottles that you've already drank? That is an option. You can also just go. I usually just deck out and people don't even know I'm gone. I don't talk very much. There we go, I'm on now. There you go. Can you guys hear me? Yep. I don't think so. Oh, what the fuck? No, you're good. Somebody's cutting a tree outside my window. Hopefully you don't, don't hear it. <laughs> Dave, we can hear you. Can you guys hear me now? 
Yep. God damn this. I, I'm just, I'm basically not going to fuck with the system ever again because I can't get it to work the way it's <laughs> supposed to work once I fuck with it. Just hold this All right. Right. Click into the, the mumble window and then just hold the space bar and it should have your push and talk thing held down. Yeah, I don't do I I don't do the uh, little window thing because then I had trouble where it would not unclick me once I was done. So once I was done talking, it would then be like, mm, like it would last for like ten minutes afterwards. So I always X out of it. But you guys can hear me now, so we're good. We can hear you. Thank God, because if you guys couldn't hear me, I don't know what I would do. So sad. He's so upset. All right. Anyway, so we're doing History Maker Baseball. So this is a game uh, where basically the, the, the idea is that you can play with uh, baseball cards. So if you had to play with baseball cards, you had to play with whoever you needed to play with. There'd be tags that would be uh, set on your uh, your players. And, and so they've got a bunch of different statistics. Uh, that you can use. You know what? I don't know if I'm ready to reveal. No? Can I, can I just be done? I don't know if I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> no, that works. Basically what I'd say is, look, History Maker Baseball is great. It's a lot of fun. If you know the statistics for the players, you can, uh, you can, it'll produce tags, then you die rolls through the books. There's a bunch of different, uh, uh, abilities that your players can get and they can run through games. But the biggest thing I want to talk about is I had, I had trouble when I played History Maker Baseball because I could never keep track of who's up or how many outs do we have. But there's actually an app called iScore that's very valuable because I think it's like 10 bucks, but it's used, I think parents mainly like softball or like keeping track of their own oh, kids' yeah. stats. But, yeah. but in History Maker Baseball, what you can do is you can play a game of History Maker Baseball and use iScore and it keeps track of all like the lineup and who's playing and what they did last time because history maker baseball will constantly refer back and forth to what did this guy do now what did this guy do the last at bat well you can keep track of that with iScore so the combination of iScore which is like i said 9.99 and history maker baseball makes it very easy to keep track of uh, uh different statistics in the game so I'm absolutely not going to review History Maker Baseball because I'm too fucked up to do it. That's clearly not going to happen. <laughs> is that classic? Is that just it's an Apple app? app? That iScore? Yeah, you can. No, yeah, you can order. It's iScore. It's on Apple. Uh, I don't think I would do any justice because there's a lot of stuff I'd like to say about the game, and I think it's a lot of fun. But too, hey, Dave, too I'm, just, I'm just curious. How do you too use smash. The, the baseball cards? Do they have like a a spreadsheet that you're inputting? No, that's a good question. So let me see if I can grab it real quick. All right. We'll vamp while he's gone. <laughs> and I don't know. I'm here. No, I just oh, grabbed and, it. So, and you don't, so you don't need. And you don't need to just use baseball cards. They you can buy like pre pre built seasons, right? You guys are the best thing that ever happened in this podcast because I I already did all this stuff, but here I am getting all liquored up and I don't even want to do the review, but I'm going to do it because we'll get now you guys are asking me all the good questions. This we'll is why we get into this thing. Baseball. All right, let's go. Baseball hates you too, Nick, so that's sad. I lied. I like to drink at baseball games. Does that count? So, so, so the deal is basically you can uh, order a bunch of seasons from Play.com, which makes 
the, the, the game. And they have some pretty quintessential seasons in there. Yeah, so basically, like, I'm looking through. So I'm just going to look through them. Let's see. We're not going to get too late, but they go all the way back. But you can get 56, 59, uh, 61, 62, 64, 60. My season, the season I ordered is 1977. Because John will understand, as a baseball fan, 77 is like a great year for baseball. Yeah. Right, John? Yeah. It, it makes me, the first name that pops into my head is Ron LaFleur for some reason. Right, you got these guys. And, and there were teams, this is before uh, free agency really was kicking off too much, where teams would still, every team had like kind of a good player. Like every team kind of had some good guys on the team. So you don't have these shitty teams that are just at the bottom of the basement. So even if you're looking at the Tigers, the like Orioles or whoever, there, there's some the teams that have a lot of good players. So they sell packs, like they go up to 80, 83, 87. So I bought the 77 packs. So I got a little cards. And they're, but they're little cards. They don't have a lot of information on them. They don't have pictures of the players or anything like that. They just have generally the tags that are associated with that player. But the kicker is you can actually take a baseball card and – have it be the card for the game. So the idea is, like, say there's batting qualities like champion, hero, utility, or sad sack. So if a guy hits around 375, he's a champion. If he hits mm. around 300, he's a hero. If he hits around uh, 225, he's a utility. So, so maybe you've got a guy, like, who hits 280, 270, you're like, well, he didn't 300. So then what you do is he's a hero and he gets a dot next to him called semi. So sometimes he's a hero. So if you're a 300 hitter, you're a hero. If you're a 275 hitter, you're a semi hero. So it means when you roll the dice for the game, that fourth die you roll is the, the up or down, the, the semi die. If it comes up with a bullet, and the semi guy is a hero for that particular bat. So, 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 one thing I want to talk about too is uh, one of the questions that comes up with the game is: so you roll the dice for the teams they're going to play. Like, what what impact does the manager have on the game? Like, you're the player. Like, are they just hitting and the guys pitching and it's rolling dice? And well, there there are a bunch of uh, different ways that the manager can actually have the, you, the player, the manager, can have an impact on the game. There's a set of manager cards that comes with the game, and I wish they had maybe produced two sets. They only did one with the game, but they do offer them for free online, so you can get them and print them out. Or, but so basically, the manager can uh, do six manager cards during a game that allow him to influence the game. So. Uh, like you can walk to the pitching mound, you can attempt a bunch, you can you can uh, try to steal bases, you can walk up to a player and give him a tip, which turns a player who might not be an icon into an icon for that particular bat. You can walk to the pitching mound, which allows you to add or remove a pitching quality. So say your pitcher is a struggler because he's given up a bunch of, of uh, batters for a round. He's, he's given like like three or four hits or walks. You can actually walk to the pitching mound with a card and then take the struggler quality away from him for that because you kind of tell him, hey, like throw strikes, come on. There's uh, the manager influence, dugout chatter, talking from the dugout. You can improve the harmony of your team. Let's see. What are the ones are there? 
One-on-one -on -one pep talk with a player. You can turn a cold player into a neutral player or a neutral player into a hot player. You can argue with an umpire. So there's a bunch of cards you can play during the game. Some of them, like a, like a, a try to hit and run, try to get an extra base, try to bump. Those are cards you can use over and over again. You can use a total of six, but the, 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 the green cards, those can be reused. So you can steal stolen bases six times in a game or something. But, but, the, but the other ones, like manager influence, they can only be used once. So that is one way you can kind of influence the game. So... The other interesting thing is uh, that I play with when, when I play the game is here. I was going to think about it, but I guess I'm going to do it. So we'll, we'll go through it. Uh, I, I do like uh, they've got rules for like uh, when pitchers become tired or maybe when relievers uh, can you warm them up ahead of time. So I, I use those advanced rules. So like you have to kind of decide at a, at a point like, hey, I'm going to warm up a reliever because I think this is going to be a, a serious situation coming up. Or maybe if you want to have the infield in or the infield out, you can do those choices. That's cool. I think it's a really good game. It's not just a game so, where you're going to roll dice and have them hit. And... Yeah, so that, that was my question. So walk me kind of through like a sequence of play. So you, you pick your lineup, you get your guys going, and then how do you, how do you go through a turn? So you're just playing okay, one so, team, right? So then, right, right. So you, you've got cards for your lineup. You've got a you've got a lineup card, and then basically we've got eight batters. And then if we're doing the National League, you've got the the ninth one, which is the pitcher. So you've got a blank card, which is the, the pitcher's batting. And then you've got your lineup for the defending team and the pitcher. So then you roll three dice, and it always goes lowest to highest. So if you roll one, one, two, and a three, it's going to be one, two, three. Or if you roll a four, five, five, it's going to be a four, five, five. And so you you go to the charts, and the, the charts and the chart book will kind of tell you what's happening. Hmm. So okay. there'll always be results on that, and they can sometimes lead you to other results. So you've got mini charts. So you've got the general charts that are always going to be like uh, it's it's on uh, two pages. But then they might lead you to other results like right now is a guy hot or is a guy cold player experience is a guy uh icon or is he a prospect team chemistry so is, is that is that three die roll is that an at bat or is that an in a half an inning it's an at bat so each okay. die rolls an at bat so you're gonna have three generally minimum you're gonna have three rolls per per uh, uh inning per half inning for a team right per team yeah but they'll lead you off onto other charts. Like sometimes they'll send you to umpire. It's like, what is the umpire respected? And it'll ask you that. Then you go off on the umpire charts, or they'll say like plate drama or first base drama. So it's it's a very cool system. I think the I think two the two coolest things I I don't have it, but I've seen like reviews of it and people play it on YouTube videos. I think like that that decider die concept is pretty cool, and then. I, I thought the umpire cards were pretty cool too. And the interesting thing is the decider die matters also for the umpires. So like you might roll a result and it'll say like us, if he's a slugger and it hits a home run. So you look at your guy and he's a semi slugger, but you look at your decider die that you rolled and it's not, it's not a bullet. So then he's not a slugger for that particular bat. But the same thing applies for umpires. So then they'll say like plate drama and they'll say, is the umpire questionable? And he might be semi-questionable. So then you roll 
and you roll cider die and that's the semi is kind of a cool aspect of it i think the game is really fun but for me the big part was keeping track of how the players are hitting or playing but i score takes care of all that so i basically say hey the ball's in play i press the part of the field on the my ipad screen where the ball went it says who which players were involved in the play defensively i hit them and then boom we're on the next batter so and it says well did a run in advance or where they held at the base and they advance. So, but that's all stuff that also history maker baseball takes care of, but it's really the, cause that was my big problem with the game. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm fucking constantly trying to write down the box scores of what the guys did. But the, and the other cool thing is, so at the end of the game, it will produce a box score for you that you can then print out <laughs> of what the guys did as if it was a regular cool. baseball game. I saw you so, posted that. I was wondering how you did that. Yeah, it was very cool. So I mean, it's kind of a, and I'm 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 texting Campbell back and forth. I'm like, how the fuck do I get the box score to print out? Like I'm trying to work for the ice because <laughs> ice score is really meant for like like softball dads who want like to keep track and their yeah. kids and like oh we're gonna have a whole league. But you could theoretically run an entire history maker baseball league through ice score because it keeps track of That's all their cool. statistics. So. I mean, if somebody wants to sit around it, but hell, I don't know if your wife watches Horse Wives of Orange County all the time and you just want to sit there at your coffee table and I'm just rolling dice, rolling dice, rolling So that dice. was my next question. What's the footprint? Is it just that that field and then a, a, a box to roll the dice and then the, the charts? It doesn't look like it has a big footprint. Like you're asking what comes with the game? Yeah, there's there's basically a... No, I'm asking like how much table space does it take up? Can you put it on like a like a TV tray? No, sure. There, there's basically an 8x11 uh, plate, which which I think actually when you're doing I-score, you don't even need because I-score keeps track of where the people are. But um, you put the okay, umpires yeah. down on the chart. You've got visitor and home dugout. It's basically a baseball field. And then on the, the other chart, you've got a, uh, again, 8x11. And it's... It's kind of cool because it's got your lineup, like you stack the lineups and opposing them are the pitchers. And then it's got the basic rules for how to attempt a bunt, how to attempt a hit and run, how to attempt an extra base, and how to attempt a stolen base. And those are all the the manager cards that you can do repeats of if you want to do them over and over again. So you have to choose. I mean, you want to play a tough game. You've got six cards that you can play as a manager during the game, you know, so... But and, and the other cool thing is there's rules for like uh, so you play to relieve the last game. Well, how is he going to be fresh for this game? You know, so sure. So it's it's awesome. That looks pretty cool. If you're all if you're at all into baseball, it's absolutely something you should get. Uh, just for the fact that like I I made basically the the 85 Mets or the 80 I made the 86 Mets lineup and sent it to Pete Gate. Like just off going off the chart. <laughs> of what, what the guys can do, you know, like you don't need to have, you, you can buy their cards and they'll print them out for you. But there's also uh, an app on the, the website where you can make your own cards and you just basically drag, pull down and drag all the abilities. So like for a guy, if you've got a guy who hits a home run every 20 bats, he's a slugger. And if you've got a guy who hits one every 10 to 15 at bats, he's a home run king. So those are all the tags. So it'll say, is the guy a home run king? Then this happens. If he's a slugger, then this happens. Can you happens. be very drunk so. and play this game? Well, very drunk or very, very drunk? Because we proved that game on that very, very drunk might end the game of Fastmaker Baseball. Because <laughs> <laughs> as of yet, we have ne we've yet to figure out what B-mode means in a game. We think it might mean Ben Ogilvy. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> we suspect Ben Ogilvy <laughs> because because Justin had Ben Ogilvy on the, the seventy seven Tigers, and I suspect that was who B mode was. But we might never know who B mode was. <laughs> it's lost. I don't even ages. get that reference. Yeah. So Ben, you don't know who Ben Ogilvy is. So I've never heard of him. Right. The Brew Crew later on, right? Right, whatever. So, uh, so that's it. Well, guys, thanks for sharing. Do you guys have any other questions? Like, shepherd me through this. Have you played any of their other games? No, I, I see they have. I've not American football. They have. They have. John, John, have you played the hockey game at all? Yeah, I've got the hockey blast game. I've played like I think five, or I played five games of using like a using the cards that came in the game to recreate the Tampa Bay Lightning versus Chicago Stanley Cup final. And I bought the 92-93 uh, season because that's when I got into oh, hockey. Yeah. Well, so, so obviously was, yeah. you like the game because you bought a season. That's Yeah. I, I I mean, I haven't played it all that much, but my, my ultimate plan is I'm going to replay the Detroit Red Wings 92-93 season. Is that what we played the time I came over there? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Now, how does the hockey game differ? Is there, like, I assume there's – you can intervene as a coach and players match up against each other. Yeah, it's not it's it's different from history maker baseball. Like the the players have like ratings on them, but it's not like um it's you know, it's not like specific things like was in History Maker, like there's no like, you know, a checker or something. It's like they just have different ratings and a lot of times, depending on what you roll, it's like each each time you roll the dice is like one critical moment within us a, a minute. So you're not playing like the entire game. It's just critical moments in the, in each minute of the game. So you could roll and it could be like, oh, it's a lull. Nothing really happened for like these next three minutes. Okay. Or it could or it could be like, oh, we're gonna zo- zoom in on this one matchup between these two players. And then there's a certain skill that you have to roll against to see like which player came out on top, the offensive or defensive player. And then they may be you, able to did you feel as did you feel as a manager like you had some influence in the game? Probably less than what History Maker sounds like. You've got some cards, like managerial cards, that you can throw at certain times. Like if you're, you know, say you've got a lead and you're, you know, you're, you're, it's late in the game, you want to kind of stall things, slow things down, you can throw a card and then you have like a, you have to roll a die to see if you're successful. You could like cause a lull to happen so you can like waste minutes. Um, I can't think of the other cards offhand, but there's there's probably about six different ones that you can so how, throw out. Is there a time. tracker that keeps track of the minutes in the game? Like how, how much time's come? Basically a score sheet. You just kind of jot down. You know, like if, if the minute happens and nothing happens, you just kind of put a, a zero in that minute. And then, like, you know, if there's a shot, you, you mark down, oh, this guy took a shot. But it was it, it missed or whatever. It's like just you, you have basically one play a minute that you're zooming in on. But then there's also kind of a concept where like things can go back and forth a little bit within that. And there minute. was also when we played to, I mean, to a certain extent, you can double shift certain lines or you can skip lines. So when if like when we were playing, yeah. we could try to match up certain lines against, you know, certain lines that we wanted to be against, where we knew our ratings were going to be better. <laughs> Yeah, what, what I would say about history maker baseball is, is if you like baseball at all, it's going to be something you're going to really enjoy. I mean, if you like, especially older baseball, maybe like 
they have modern seasons, but if it's something where you like the older teams and uh, you just start rolling dice and stuff happens and you like, I find myself just playing games, just sitting around in my house, you know, uh, it's, it's the, the magic is there. Like, and you were like, Oh, you, you remember all these old players, like, uh, Hebner and all these guys that you forgot played like, or even yeah. Ogilvy, like guys that you forgot about. Um, it's, it's really great. The only, the only thing I don't like about their games is you, you spend, you know, this much money to get the game and they only give you like four teams to play with. No, you, that, you basically that right. have to commit to get a season if you really want to play. But the counter argument is you can, they basically give you the keys to the kingdom where you can make any team that you want. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. They, they give you the stats. So, so yeah, when, when you buy history maker baseball, you get the two 88 world series teams and you get, I think the two seventy five. you get the 88 Dodgers and 88 athletics and you get the uh, 75 Reds and 75 Red Sox, but which are two great World Series. But uh, yeah, you don't get the other teams, but they also basically tell you, hey, you can just play with baseball cards. So we're willing to sell you the teams and, and they'll sell you the teams. And the other thing is you can get all the extra players from a season that maybe they wouldn't have included in the season pack for free as a PDF. So does does uh did so did that come like just with the base game of history maker baseball because i had to buy like for hockey blast i had to buy kind of a separate little instruction book on how to like based off a player's stats how to have them rated no that came, that came with the, the game okay it was like a page that comes it's called uh it's called their baseball trading card quick play sheet it came with it and basically runs down how to convert baseball cards into players. Yeah, they've, they've got a ton of different games from like auto racing to soccer to wrestling. Yeah, the football one looks interesting to me. Yeah, yeah, I'm interested in that one too. All right, so who's, uh, who's up? John, you want to do a review next? Because, sure. hey, by the way, thanks for the sport, guys. I was a little bit drunk. Yep. I was willing to bail on that. <laughs> oh, you came through. I'm fine. I was like at a point where I'm like looking at it all. I'm like, I love the game. I don't think I can do it justice right now based on the number of beers and drinks I've had. So. Screw it. Because it's so, it's so much fun. You'll love it. If you like baseball, you will love the fucking game. Buy it. You'll play it. You will. It'll waste so many hours. For yourself but the, using the eye score with me was the real breakthrough where i was like okay now it's the best because you'll you'll forget to flip a guy move a guy under the stack and the eye score keeps track it's like no that guy's not up it's this guy so that's cool cool all right john you want to go sure all right so uh i'll do a review of uh, the fast action battle uh, game of Sicily. Um, so, I mean, there's other games in it. Uh, Bastogne, or The Bulge, I guess it is. And then I, I think any day now, GMT is going to drop uh, oh, Golan, I think it is. Oh, yeah, that's uh, in the Middle but, East, isn't oh, it? Oh, I didn't realize that was coming out. So, so. Yeah, yeah, like this, the 70s war or whatever <laughs> it is. So, this... Uh, <clears throat> This is a game, it's blocks, um, but it's very limited, like how many actual blocks there are. Um, there's like the, there's the British army, there's the American army, um, the Italians, and then some German units. Um, the bulk of the uh, Italian army 
would be what they call untried units. And you like have these units just face down. They're kind of messed up. Most of them are just like green, but there's like one like couple step veteran unit. And I think there's like another like better veteran unit. So you don't know exactly where those end up on the coastline. And um, each as as the player controlling them, you don't know where they are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As okay. the as wow. the player controlling them, or you know your opponent, and and like when battles happen against those units, when you flip them up, you have to do a morale check to see whether they're disrupted or not. Mm. Um, and and over the course of the game, there's events that happen that make them continually more brittle, because as as the allied player is doing good and takes certain spots. You know, the Italian morale is wavering and, and just gets worse and worse. Um, so each, each block, the system I think is for like regiment and larger. Um, in this game, the, the infantry type units are like divisions and there's a couple armor units, which are, I think regiments or no brigades, I think brigade size. Um, and so basically, um, in, in battle, it comes down to battles and you've got your blocks, which are your main thing and everything's kind of like five based. It's a, it's a D 10 system and like five, five or below is basically a success, but then there's modifiers. You know, if you're, if you're disrupted, that's going to take off, um, you know, that'll put you down so much. And then like terrain, I'll give you a, the defender of benefit. So your, your success number to cause a hit will be less depending on the situation. Um, and then you roll however many dice of steps that a unit has. And then if a unit is with another unit of its same, um, division, it, it'll get an extra die. Does bonus. this game have the basic like four, three, two, one step down for blocks? Yeah, yeah. Four is the max. There's some units that the max is three, but they all go down to one. Like all all the Italian untried units, most of them basically have one step, and that's it. Um, but there's ways like you can you can bleed off step losses in different ways. Like if you're if you're the defender, you can retreat out of the hex and become disrupted to take a step loss. Like instead of um, taking your step loss, but, but if you gain, if you have, if the, the enemy caused you two step losses and you're only a one step unit, you're still going to die because even if you retreat and become disrupted, you still have to take that final step loss. Um, a really cool part of it is the attacker when they attack it, cause the defender gets to basically do the attack first. Um, the, the attacker's artillery gets to attack first, but like as far as the actual units you're attacking, they'll attack before the attacking units. So if if you if the defender gives you like a ton of losses, you can basically just take one uh, step loss to your 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 lead unit and then become disrupted, and then you ignore all the rest of the losses. But I mean, you're the so combat you ends, so you didn't just broke up. It, yeah, it failed. You you called it off because. If you didn't, you would have had horrible losses. Now, the, the, the game involves like assets and stuff like that. Like, is yeah, that, you, that that I think is really what the core of the game. I think. I mean, you've got assets represent artillery, um, infantry, and armor of different uh, different variety: green, veteran, or elites. And you 
so when a battle happens, you, the first thing you do is you say, okay, this is going to be my lead unit, but you don't, you, your opponent doesn't see what that unit is. You're just, you move that one forward and say, this is my lead unit. And then the defender moves his lead unit forward. Then the attacker commits any battle assets that he has. So he can like throw in some of his extra infantry assets, some artillery, you know, whatever he wants. And then the defender sees that and then he can decide, you know, what assets he wants to commit. And then you show your units. So until that final step, you really don't know what you're dealing with. And I, I like I like that. That appeals to me that, you know, you've got all these assets at your disposal, but you know, you decide, you know, this battle is more important to me, so I'm going to put more to that. Now, and, now in, in Sicily, the 82nd had like a famously uh, tragic airborne drop. And so, uh, well, how does the game kind of handle that, that aspect of the campaign? So I don't, they don't really, there's no specific rule for that. The way airborne is handled is like when you get them as a reinforcement, there's like an airdrop box or airborne combat box that you put them in to remember and then you do your turn and then right before you start the combat round you have to take your airborne unit from there and put it somewhere that is adjacent to like two areas that has has units of your people in it so like you can you can use them to kind of cut off retreats of of your defend the defender if you if you're going to force them to retreat you can use that to kind of force them to go different ways and stuff but that con like if they if they jump into a area that has an opposing unit they have to have combat with it right away and you can't you won't be able to use any assets since you're not that's most likely that spot that you're in is is out of supply you know you don't have a now, John, when you're playing, do you feel like when you're you're trying to invade Sicily, do you have like a like can you go anywhere you want, or are you kind of like gonna go in the way they went in? Like how there's, much leeway do you have as far as strategy? Yeah, there's you can do so there's you can do the historical invasion, which it gives you like, you know, these there's so many beaches here that the British can invade on, and then there's so many beaches here that the US can invade on. But then you can also, if you decide to, you can do, you know, the ahistorical and then it says, okay, these are your British beach options and these are your American beach options. And that opens up quite a bit of the coast that you can then decide where to put them. I, in my, I'm still in the middle of my first actual full game of it. And I just went with the historical scenario just so I could kind of see a little bit more, get a historical context of it before I tried to do you know something ahistorical yeah that that's the traditional anybody playing liberty roads usually lands on normandy in their first game because they're like why fuck with them <laughs> I can't see what like, well, i'm not gonna fuck this thing up turns out that was a pretty good idea yeah it turns out they, that's where we landed there <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah that yeah that's like when when i played the mighty endeavor against nick it's kind of like yeah i just stuck to the historical beaches but then yeah once you start ever... looking at all the other beaches you're like well i guess that's why they picked those <laughs> and those are those are good beaches yeah because there's always drawbacks to the other beaches well that's cool i i, I like i said i Fat bulge, so it's interesting to see. I, I think Sicily is a very cool campaign. So, um, as yeah. far as victory conditions, 
is it pretty tight? Like, like, how do you, what, what do you need to get? Do you need to cut off the Germans or is there some, if the Germans can escape to Italy, is that bad for the Americans? Each, so there's certain, like certain areas and I, I don't know, I probably didn't mention it, but it's an area, area type game, you know, it's not hexes. Um, but there's certain areas that are like worth victory points. Some, some are just for the Germans, some are just for the Americans and that, or, or the allies. And then some are for both. And it's just, it's just based off that. So if, you know, you need to, as the, as the allies, you need to be able to drive in and take a lot of those key locations to bump your victory point total up in order to win. There is, um, and then also like if, if you actually eliminate the blocks, there's, you get victory points for that. And so there's a, there's a rule in the game where like the Germans can actually, they, yeah, they can retreat off of Sicily back into Italy. And I, I mean, I haven't come to a point. I mean, I'm only a couple turns into the actual full campaign, but I, I could see maybe toward the end, you might want to do that to avoid having the allies be able to eliminate, you know, your, your German units if they're brittle by that point. But Right, and that would be your that would be your wargaming masturbation move at the end. We were like, "Yeah, I just <laughs> fucked myself with that move." Yeah, yeah fuck oh, you, yeah. John. <laughs> fuck myself. There we go. I'm out of here. Do, do you think this would be? I mean, this game to me sounds like it's made for you know face to face play. It's not really a solo game, is it? Oh, oh no. I'm yeah. I'm finding I I wouldn't recommend it solo. Yeah, John, um, you're just kind of walking through it, kind of getting the feel for the the the, yeah. the game, the plug gameplay. Yeah. I think I think it'd be a blast face to face. Yeah, solo. I don't think it's really working. Not not because of the blocks. Because I don't know. Blocks almost seem fine for me when I switch sides because I forget yeah, what's on the other side. Like but me. I had it, fun it's east front with the blocks. You forget what the blocks are. Yeah, it's just it's just kind of like the asset chits are kind of the you know the mental masturbation of like trying to like well what would I do as that as that side and then. Yeah, know, there's a lot of, of there's a lot of surprises built into the system, which I think is tough to to do solo. Yeah, I, I almost think I should just like randomly roll some dice to see. Okay, does this person commit this? And but then I don't know. I might as well come up with a solo system of that if I want to, or play something else. But there's it, it's pretty neat. There's like some events in there that come out, and the the asset thing. It's like each turn you have so many assets you can pull from the cup. So you're not like guaranteed to get all the specific assets. Yeah, each time. that's right. That's right. And, and like, there's certain events that you may draw, like there's a patent soldier, pat, patent soldier slap for the axis that they could play that event that would hurt the U S a bit. And there's like, as you take certain uh, areas, certain chits get thrown into the cup that'll degrade the out the uh, italian morale so stuff. so what is the patent soldier slap does that does that take patent out of it or does it make the u.s sad or what ha what happens um so there's there's a thing in the game called special actions which lets you do things like uh you can remove uh disordered troop or remove the disordered status or give replacements um or release certain divisions outside of their their normal area that they're allowed to operate in and when the axis plays the patent soldier slap um the u.s has to let's see uh using a single use event requires two events per use so you basically to be able to use your special action it sounds like you have to like basically bleed off another uh asset also to use it 
Well, you know, th- I got to tell you, this this sounds like it, I love doing this podcast because this makes it like 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 just like last time. It's another game that I think I might want to buy based on hearing a review from a guy who doesn't. <laughs> now I want to buy this game. Not not if you're going to play it solo, but if you're going to be able to play it with somebody, I I, I think it'd be good. I mean, I haven't done that yet. Is, is there any flicking involved? Can I get the flicking? You probably could flick the blocks, but it might hurt. It might hurt your finger a little bit when you flick the block. Sounds like I might need to start reading the rules. Yeah, I think this would be a good game for us. So what I've heard is is while it is fast action, like the 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 action is fast and furious, but the games can go still three four hours, right? Yeah, that'd probably be a good estimate. Which That's, I, I mean, for, for a us. for a war game is probably <laughs> yeah. Great. I think I think it was it was an unfortunate name for the system, which I don't yeah, think. Yeah, I is, think a lot of people thought it would be like an hour or less kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I don't. I think that was a mistake. But I, I think the system itself, like the bolt game, I thought was really good. I mean, the concepts are pretty simple. It's like you know, success is a five. And then there's a certain modifiers that you just start committing to memory as you play it and you just know. And I mean, you can you can quick roll your dice. And if I mean, if they all come up nines, you know, that's definitely got to be a miss. And <laughs> and if it, they're ones or twos, then, yeah, that, those are pretty much assured of being successes and anything else. Maybe you need to look at. But yeah, I think it, I, it should go quick. I mean, for a war game. So so for, as far as quality are everything looks pretty. Is it a pretty game? Yeah, I I don't know. I'm kind of a sucker for like island maps, so I mean, well, I like well, Sicily it. is always going to be like something that we love. We'll yeah, I mean, I, I've had that Battle for Sicily on pre-order for years, and I don't think it's ever going to come out. But uh, yeah, this is this is pretty nice. I mean, it's the blocks, and and it's a great time to buy it too because I think GMT has had it on its on its specials page forever. So uh, fun one to ten. Uh, well, for solo, I'd say a five, but I'm guessing that playing it. There's no way to guessing when I beat your ass. Yeah, when when Nick beats my ass in it, it'll probably be about an eight, maybe. (laughs) And uh, beers? Uh, I I would think you could go ten on it. I I don't think there's really anything here that's too too complicated that you can't can't figure out even in a inebriated state. And, and just so you know, uh, John, 10 is not the max for the beer scale. Like we're, we're working off like six packs and cases. So I don't want you to feel like the, the uh, fun scale is one 30 rack and the ass. beer scale. Yeah. The beer scale goes <laughs> like off, like it doesn't stop at 10. So well, then you, you said 10, there's... you chose 10. So Maybe sure. let's go 12 then. I like All right, 12 or 12 or over right. uh, where do we usually end up i mean we're probably that deep when we're starting to play games and two o'clock in the morning yeah oh, our, our, usually when you guys come in on our asl games i think you guys are about 12 deep oh six six to 12 man. somewhere in that range <laughs> i do some dumb shit during the week sometimes but i can't control myself yeah but at least we don't record that stuff so you're fine. <laughs> I, I've had some horrible Fridays at work. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. All right, Jason, you got a review you want to do? I do. This one will be short and sweet. So, since I've been traveling a lot and just not having a lot of uh, mental bandwidth, I've been playing a lot of small games. I was going to review all three, but or I was going to review three of them, but I'll just do one. This is a 
a small print and play game called the Herald. Um, the rules are six pages and the print and play is hold on. All right. Uh, so it's a print and play game. Can you guys hear that? Yep. Yeah, we can hear. Okay. One second. I assume there's family things going on. Small children wanting attention. Or maybe a wife asking a question right now. But hey, I'm going to the pharmacy. Do you need this? What? I thought you guys always did these from like some complex or bunker hidden away somewhere. Eventually, we will have an industrial complex that we do this podcast from. Uh, but we're not the dice tower yet, so we don't do that. So, hey, so There's by the way, time. by the way, John, are you coming to Advanced After Combat? You come to the convention? Uh, un- unfortunately, Should. I don't think I could ever go well, to a convention that I'd have to fly to with your, and still your, remain married. Your, your nephew says he's coming. Your yeah, he's a liar. He's he's, no, he's told us he's, he's coming. His nephew's considering it. Mm. The, uh, so, so John, wish oh John, my. The, John your, your wife will not allow you to come? Is that the problem? I, well, I mean, it's not been explicitly stated. I just, I don't know. I can't see... I can't see me going to flying somewhere for that length of time without there being the, the repercussions of you never take me anywhere like <laughs> to, to go away. So you should preempt that and then go somewhere. I was out. getting bitched at all night <laughs> yeah, Friday well, by Ralph and Dave. No, no. You're single. You can go. It'd be easy for you. So, so your wife would kind of be like, cramped by the fact that you're going she'd be like well we don't do vacations or whatever yeah that's kind of yeah that's kind of my thinking of it i I, i'd really be in trouble your kids are grown though right yeah i don't i could bring her but i don't think she'd uh well 18 to 15 (laughs) they're grown i i could bring her but i don't think she'd enjoy it that much Uh, hang out in dallas for a weekend yeah she she could run registration for us. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be hilarious. It, she'd I'm sure she'd, she'd love that. Would, is there a is there payment for that or uh, like like how much payment? Like forty dollars? What forty bucks? <laughs> <laughs> Not sure you understand how we operate this. <laughs> Everything's negotiable, John. No, no one gets paid. Yeah, but John, you're like a mystery host now, so you, there's a, there's certain cachet associated with that, so. I know there's certain expectations of me now. Yeah, tell her, hey, like I've hosted the podcast. I better have to go. Like Nick, and then when Nick goes, well, bottom line, I know this is going to happen. Nick is going to come. I'm going to probably get and then drunk gonna, next year. Next year, you're going to be like, I'm going. No, yeah. and, and next year you're going to come. But the problem is, Nick is going to have the first coin, <laughs> and then you're going to have to buy him a beer. Boom! Every time you guys hang oh, out. Oh God. And eventually you're gonna be like, that coin fucking paid for itself. That coin exactly. that he has, hey, he <laughs> made like $60 a beer on You that know what? Coin. Just being able to go and have that and be like, Uncle John, buy me a motherfucking beer. That might just be worth it. Exactly. I, I would just bring up how like I used to change his diapers and Does stories about <laughs> him. The coin. If- I'm gonna I'm gonna get the Latin from Paul where it basically says, I ask and you give me beer. That's going to be on the coin on the back side. Or I, uh, like, I order and you beer me or something. 
and it's going to be a 12 combat factor coin. You're never going to get that again. I don't know. I'm, I'm considering you're going to have to, it these days. After that, you're going to have to go like two other conventions to match that. Oh, you guys are killing me. Yeah, right. So, we no said, uh, is your wife nearby? Do you want? Do you want to, John? You want to bring your wife in? Maybe we could talk to her and convince her. That 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 would probably go over great. But John, I can bring mine back John, in. I'm actually surprisingly, I'm surprisingly charming. If I have to be, like we can, we can talk. I'm trying to post. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Is anybody still looking for a roommate? I'm sure there are. Yeah, I think there's. I, think I don't know if they can deal with up. my. Uh, my good looks and my charm. Excessive flagellants. Are, are you bringing your hunting dog? Don't bring the hunting oh, dog. The hunting dog stays Yeah, out. see, I'm going to have to find a babysitter for her. That's the main problem. I can't believe that bitch hasn't uh, been in here bothering me. I think, I, think, I, think, I think bringing the dog is a bad idea. That's an Yeah, that would not good. happen. But yeah, yeah you John, did... John, so you're going to have to work on that. You're going to have to tell your wife, I'm kind of a big deal right now. I just hosted the podcast. Well, I, I told the I told the family like, man, I hope you guys can live with me after I'm on this because you know my celebrity will grow. If she, if your wife wants Can't to hit me up on anymore. Facebook, I'm happy to explain to her what a big deal you are right now. Because you right, are I appreciate the big, that the big guest. I might I might need to tell her that. <laughs> but yeah, you have to come down. So if you and and Nick was kind of measuring the drive, like it's it's apparently very far. So. It's like 14 hours, and I said 300 bucks for a flight round trip. Yeah, that's going to definitely be the option. No. Now, if you guys were in St. Louis. No, we, we did consider St. Louis, and believe me, I'm a Missourian, so I was all about service. But uh, we have a very – all good is basically our host and director, so that that's where it's going to be because <laughs> he's – John's picking up basically everything on the slack as far as the convention. Yep. So, well, now Nick was thinking of causing a uh, a schism within the the guild and and hosting something at the same time in uh, Fort Wayne. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> don't don't split the ballot. And then I and then I yeah, said, oh, right. it would we just be me that. and you, Uncle John. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's right. So it'd be like any other regular. Exactly. All right, Jason. Sorry, didn't mean to sidetrack you. I knew you were drinking. No, I appreciate you picking up my slack. So this is the Herald. Um, I don't know how many, how much of that I'm gonna trim out. So it's um, six pages of rules and literally just two out. Um, there's nothing to assemble. You just you just play on on the two sheets of paper. Uh, you need five dice and then like 23 little either like Eurogame cubes or I use furniture plugs uh, just because they're cheap and available. So it's a space exploration game, basically. Um, not quite like a 4X game because you're not um, you're not really conquering anything. You're just it's kind of like a Star Trek thing where you're out trying to find this um, ancient alien civilization. Um, you know where it is, but you're kind of traveling around space trying to get there. So the turn goes, you roll four dice, and then you allocate those four dice um, to movement. Hello? 
Sorry. How much how much of that went away? You said you rolled four dice and then you allocate it to something. Okay. So you roll four dice. I appreciate you guys. Um, you allocate them between direction, environment, sabotage, um, or engine, and then an event. So the direction will will show you which way your ship is moving. The environment is the planet that you're visiting, what kind of supply you can get from it. The sabotage is there's terror cells that are trying to attack. And, and then uh, the engines will tell you whether you make up time or you lose time with your engines failing. Uh, and then an event is something that you can either... Uh, it's, they're, they're more or less voluntary if you try to do it. You basically send an away mission down to the planet uh, and it will either have positive or negative effects based on the, the, the event itself and then if you pass or fail it. Very easy to play. Um, it's one of those just coffee table, TV table setup while the, you know something's on TV playing it through. Um, of, of the small print and play games I've been playing lately, uh, this this is one of my favorite. I keep coming back to it. Uh, super easy to play. Um, you do get a little bit of a story as you're going through. Um, your your officers who you're sending on the away missions do become depleted as you use them more. Uh, so then you try to find a planet that has, and again, this is all just based on die rolls. You try to find a planet that has supplies so that you can send them on a shore leave and, and you know build them back up in their, in their effectiveness. Um, the terrorist cells are always going to take out stuff um so then it's trying to mitigate that um so it's basically just as you roll the dice you're you're picking between you know the, the ranges in each of those categories as to what you want to affect so you know you have li limited capabilities to affect your your uh your outcome based on the die roll yeah, uh, this might sound like a strange question but what's the scale like what are we like? Are we get are guys shooting the guys or? No, it's not a war game. It's it's you're on a spaceship exploring space. So you're you're moving around this point to point map. Um, you're you're not really doing any conflict with anything else. You're because movement is outside of it's 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 random based on the the die roll that you that you choose to place in that allocation so your ship um, is basically so shooting like a, a space system or another ship or a planet or you're not shooting you're not shooting at anything there's there's no <laughs> conflict there's no shooting <laughs> this, this isn't a war game mind blown yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not fighting <laughs> it's kind of like the baseball game. There's no fighting, except in this, you can't even go into the crowd and and take out, uh, uh, you know, somebody in the crowd. You're 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 literally you're on a spaceship. There's there's an ancient civilization that shot out a signal that you're trying to go find, um, and it's difficult because you can't always control the the way your ship moves. There's terrorists trying to destroy the ship. Um, as you go on these away missions, the, the things happen that will, you know, deteriorate your crew. That kind of thing. It's very easy to play. Um, it's it's kind of a, it's a little bit on rails because everything is decided from the dice from the die rolls. But since you you do have four dice, you're you're allocating them individually, so you do have some sway over things that happen. It it does have a little bit of an RPG feel as as you're kind of being guided through the story that's happening to you. Um, I feel more engaged in this game than something like a B17, which is also on rails, and you're just 
rolling dice to see what happens to you. This you have a little bit more say over what happens. Um, very easy to play. Set it up. Watch TV. So as the player, you do feel like you are literally. I'm going to put this here and put that there, and let's see what happens, to my guys. Right, but sometimes you don't have the, a good option, so you have to take a sabotage hit, um, or you can't. You know, you have to move backward because you can't move in the direction you want to move. Um, so, so there is some some tension there. Uh, you don't. You, you just don't have free reign to move wherever you want. It's cool. It's fun. That's so cool. I'll give it. Um, yeah, I'll give it an eight out of ten. Like I said, it's super light, super easy to play. Um, what, what's the price? Keep it in my how, much, how, how much is it? It's free. Wow. Okay. There you go. Did you, Did you miss up? Did you miss that part? It's literally you print out. I, I wouldn't get it. I, I was going to get a beer. I wouldn't get a beer. Oh, that explains it. <laughs> did, hey, so, Jason, did Did you do yeah. a video on this one time? Because this sounds familiar I, to me. I did. I, a long okay. time ago. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So this is one that I'll just keep in my backpack when I'm traveling for work because you literally. I mean, it's twenty little furniture plugs and five dice. I, I can just keep it in my backpack and and play it in the hotel room. Um, you could probably play it on the little TV tray on the airplane if you wanted to. I'm not that big of a nerd that I need to play a game on an, on an airplane, um, but you could. Okay. D- Dave, this is free. That's you, awesome. You just print two pieces <laughs> That's of paper. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. You have to provide some dice. I love it. Yeah, I like free. Um, so I'll give it an 8 out of 10 for fun, and then we'll we'll put it up on the, the 10 to 12 beer range. It's, you know... Yeah, you might cry if if you're if you lose at at twelve beers. I get a little weepy, but <laughs> in general, it's it's pretty fun. So it's not a war game because there's no crying. It's not in war a war games. game. It's it's maybe a, a three x game. You're you're exploring. You're kind of exploiting. Um, you're not exterminating anything though. So sadly, there's not going to be an ASL minute for this episode. Oh. Well, we'll do it for the next episode, but we're not going to do it for this We're one. going a little long. That's right. So I, I wanted to ask, though, um, for me, and this is more like like a theoretical question that I'm going to ask because I, I always thought kind of I didn't like uh, – uh, I wanted to be put in the place of a gamer. Like I always ask, like, who am I playing in this game? Like am I Napoleon? Am I Ney? Am I a division commander? Am I a brigade commander? Like what are the choices I'm being allowed to make in this game? Um, so one of my questions was when it came to friction, as far as, do you prefer games that, uh, maybe restrict what you can do? Like when you look at the overall battlefield, they only allow you to do certain things in certain areas, or do you like a game that allows you like, I like Labatai or ASL allow you to do everything all over the battlefield. So what I would ask is. And maybe we can start with John. Which games do you prefer? Do you prefer games that allow you to do everything that you want to do, regardless of what your actual command span would be as far as who you were? Or do you prefer games that restrict you as far as like creating friction or fog or all that stuff? Go. I, I probably, the, the games I per- play probably allow me to do like the big scope or whatever, but I think, and I don't have a good example of what a game like this would be, but I think I 
like what you're referring to is the ones that restrict you and take some of the control out of your hands. I think I would probably find those more enjoyable, but I, maybe I just don't have a good example of what those games would be. Yeah, be, be, because it, like with me, I would think I would normally like prefer games that restrict me, but then I find that I'm playing games like Labatai and ASL where I can do everything I want to do with all the guys out there, like especially with Labatai, which is a great example because – I'm the army commander, but I can also make you form square, make this little guy do this. And so I'm involved in all the minute decisions. So I yeah, think it'd be cool maybe, just to be able to like, just to set up like what your orders are and they just like go on from there without you having every minute detail. Yeah. And it's funny because in miniatures, I was more of a guy who didn't want as much control, but now when I'm in the board war gaming, I tend to be more like, I want to decide. And I, it's not that I, I want to simulate being nay or Braxton Bragg or whoever I'm trying to be, but I like the way the different systems work with each other. Like, okay, they form square and those guys are going to bounce off or so it, it it's it's a weird thing for me. I'm trying to figure out what I like as far as wargaming. So, yeah, I I think at like a smaller scale at the at the tactical scale, I don't mind or like a squad scale. I don't I don't mind like a random event that that kind of takes some things out. I haven't played many games where I don't have complete control outside of you know just divisional or army boundaries or you know the random event that comes in i've never played like the great campaigns of the american civil war or that, and that, write something and, and, and dude that is if you want to play a fucking solo game great campaigns of the american civil war is one of the best ones you can do solo because you have, and it has some of that that command friction right there. you have no idea from turn to turn what's going to happen and it's, it's the it's one of the best ones i need to track some down <clears throat> but I think I think in like a modern game context, there there it seems like there could be ways that they could do that better, right? Like I don't want to write anything down. So maybe if they had like all these sheets that Mitch is putting together for Silver Bayonet, where everything is on a separate page, if you know there were like a player, not a player aid, but just a little piece of paper that has some command options that you mark with a chit for you know certain brigades or whatever you have out there. And then you have to roll to change it, or kind of like um, the, uh, the not ancients, but like the the Renaissance game that that you like, Dave, where you have to roll to see if you can change the uh, uh, musket pike. Is that the musket pike? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's well, like, it's like it's characters. always the issue where it's like, who am I? What do I have control? All right. I think you went off the mic, Dave. But yeah, like, what is your what is your scope? Yeah, right. Well, like, who am I? Am I the division commander? Am I the, the battalion commander? Am I the regiment commander? Yeah, it's it's hard. And and I think there's I, yeah some certain games I feel like are going to be more of a simulation than it's going to actually be a game. Um, like we played Dien Bien Phu. To me, that was you're restricted in the sense of where you can you know conduct operations against the outposts but i enjoyed that game for what i thought was there's a lot of game there too but it, it felt so it felt like i was replaying the actual siege of dien bin fu 
So that's mm-hmm. why I enjoyed that game. It, it had a simulation feel for me, whereas something that doesn't restrict you necessarily, you're not going to get that same effect from it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, the, like DNBN2 is especially is putting you in, while you don't necessarily have control of everything and and i don't know who you are in that game necessarily um but you a lot of things aren't in your control but that 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 game walks you through almost step by step what happened in the siege and why things happened and um it 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 does simulate it very well i don't know as a game how good it is like how balanced or how winnable your side is or you know even the the whole campaign is so long as a game, it's not great, but it, you know, getting that historicity in there is that 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 game does. The a great one job thing that it. I wish they would have done in that game, which maybe this is just, I'm a components whore, so anything that looks good, I am just all about. I wish they would have differentiated. Amen. Amen. I wish they would have differentiated between the uh, graphics for the divisions, or not the divisions, the brigades. So like the the French have oh. like the French Foreign Legion. Um, you know, I want to see the French Foreign Legion, and then they have the Vietnamese units that are basically locally recruited or whatever, and they're all just generic graphics. It, yeah, who are probably terrible. Yeah, they're yeah. usually not good. <laughs> um, but that, yeah, that was that game. Regardless of winner, see, that's not a game where I want to win or lose necessarily. I obviously want to win, mm-hmm. but I feel like I'm playing the game. And it's putting me in the situation where, wow, I, I'm reliving this history, which I read, uh, what is it, The Last Valley by, by Martin Windrow, I believe. Oh, I, I absolutely love that book. And that game was just kind of an extension of learning the history of it for me. Yeah, I think with miniatures, I was more like, interested in restricting my control over the units because I could see over a tabletop all the figures moving. Uh, but I, I think when it comes to board war games, I'm, I'm maybe not as interested in that. I like I like games that are simulations of the fighting. Like I want to see a square form against Cav, and I don't care if I'm making the decision to form square. I just want to see what happens. So, And same with ASL. I want to see the stories as they play out. I don't care, like... Well, clearly, when you're playing a game of ASL, you're not anyone in the game. ASL does not pretend that you're the battalion commander or the company commander or anything like that. ASL, you basically just have a bunch of units, and they, your opponent has a bunch of units, and you guys go fight a battle. So it, ASL doesn't try to give you any kind of perspective from, oh, I'm the battalion commander, or maybe this is all I could see in this fight. or You know what I mean? I mean, that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to move yeah. this gun yeah, here, but I'm also going to move this squad that's 400 yards away, and I'm going to start pushing that flank. Right. I mean, and you have some restrictions in that. Hey, ASL says, well, that guy might fail morale, or he might get pinned, or that leader might not. So you guys don't always do what you want them to do. But in ASL, you're clearly not a person in the fight. Like you don't have a role there. 
And does that, does that, do you guys care about that? Does that matter to you? Or is that something that's important? I mean, it's, it's a fun thing to play through. But I think I matter? enjoy both. Cause I, my initial, other than the gaming sessions that I would have with uncle John were, um, I bought ambush early on and I was huge into ambush. Um, yeah, it, I game. played it in high school, so I was definitely cheating. Like, people, roles were bad, so I was, you know. Like, I'm, you're like, I'm real. <laughs> That's like my kids. They look at me, they're like, is it the daily reroll? Yeah, fucking reroll. And, and that was something that got me into the hobby because it was, okay, you are these people. You're controlling the lives of these eight squad individuals. And, and it, it resonated when something happened to somebody in that game, and it I mean, you get emotional a little bit. Oh, shit, Sergeant Mag just got shot in the face. Oh, oh well. But that was your <laughs> fault. You know. <laughs> That's fine. That's bad. But, the, but it, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, that was one situation where, you know, you're controlling every individual, and, and I love that. But at the same point, I also like not having the control of every single individual action. I mean, I, I think I'm, I don't, I don't think I've ever really thought about it, but I think I'm fine either way. I mean, one thing, like you mentioned, Musket and Pike, I've only played a, a couple games of that, but man, I really enjoyed it. And that's more of like the type of thing where, you know, you give the order and then once they hit each other, you're pretty much, you have no control anymore. And I don't know, that's, that was kind of a freeing thing. Right, right. But, Cause John, you know, that's just, kind of fun, right? Like seeing them like just go crazy. You're like, well, that's not my fault. Whatever they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I gave them the order. What they do with it is, yeah. Yeah. They, there's, there's some, there's something to be said for that where you're like, Hey, we, we got the plan. It's almost like at Agincourt where the constable of France is like, Okay, we have this plan, and and then the the, the English start shooting arrows at the French, and then the French decide, oh, we're going to charge. And the constable's like, "Remember the plan." <laughs> He's like yelling out at the end, like, "Hey, don't forget, we had a plan." That was an addition to uh, Men at Arms, was it not? Uh, I'm, I, I was actually talking about actual history. I well, don't know. I, I mean, game related. Uh, I don't know what game that <laughs> I'm a blood and roses. And that, and that actually cool. happened, Nick. I'm sorry. It's not associated with actual game, but that, that's actually the truth. This I hate this podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Nick wants Ralph to start sending him as many freebies as he can oh, no. or something. Believe me, I already talked to Ralph. Every we time I get have, on there and Ralph is, Nick is Dave. way too complimentary of Ralph. <laughs> yeah, I hear Dave giving him the end of the story. Don't let Nick be nice to you or whatever it is. <laughs> Nick is way too you can't let Ralph's ego get too high. Ralph's ego is bad. It's like it's it's literally like how. It's Ralph is the how of the podcast. Like you cannot let the computer get too flattered. We'll take the whole thing over. Yeah. What are you doing, Dave? Well, well, Dave, that would be a great idea if you had not left your helmet in, inside the launch pad. But there's your helmet. All right. So, uh, all right, boys, you got anything else you want to talk about, or are you guys good? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm pretty good. I got to go to the bathroom. So, John, are you going to come to the convention? That's basically what we're getting down to. So, we've got a convention 
And, uh, you know, you might listen and think, like, these guys are idiots or whatever. So that's fine. Like, we're all on here. We want. We have a convention. We're all going to have a great time. We're going to love it. It's going to be a blast. Uh, if, if you don't think you understand what we're talking about, then probably fuck off and go do whatever you're going to do. <laughs> and otherwise, on the, on the wargaming. Ouch. Yeah, that's right. So we don't care. We don't want your kind not, around here. Exactly. Yeah, we're not advertising. So there there are podcasts that like put pathetic ads up every time on BGG, every time they put out an episode. We don't do that. So if you, if you don't get it, what we're doing right now, if you're, you're not part of the crew, then just go fuck off. That's it. Exactly. I, I concur. <laughs> I'll be a witness. Is there anything else we need to talk about? Or I think we're good. We we have a convention, and John's going to come. Obviously, at this point, right, John? Have you agreed? I'm I'm non-committal. Oh, John, we're going to have to work you hard. <laughs> your own nephew is. Can't you tell your wife, "Hey, my nephew's gone." It's embarrassing. At this oh, point. I. You know, I probably could use it as an excuse that I'll. You know, Nick's going. <laughs> he, I will never hear gone. the end plus, of it. Plus, if he gets plus, to go. Who knows? These guys he's going with, they might take advantage of him. Maybe you need to be Ooh. there to, to like, like be like that's, his his king's guard. That's a good he, line. That's right. I could he's say like, a, yeah, I really think I need to be there to chaperone. He's embittered. If he can't beat me in a game, how's he gonna beat other people that are? This I mean, Nick is like a Ralph was looking up like flight costs, like different air airfare costs. I mean, Nick is like a babe in the woods. I think he really needs to have somebody there with him from the family to make sure he's gonna be safe. Yeah, I'll, I might you're, get myself into trouble. <laughs> you're onto something there. Here we go. That, 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 that's that's the angle I'll take. You, you right, know I'm very gluttonous ways with alcohol. Somebody's got to get you back to your room. Oh, that sounds weird. Exactly. <laughs> because if you don't, someone else. Will. That's right. <laughs> All right. All right. So that's it, boys. Anybody else have anything else? Or are we good? That's it. Sounds good. Convention in October. There thanks for having me Dallas on, guys. Forward. All right, boys. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, me. take it easy. Thanks. Bye, guys. Bye. Visit us at http colon slash slash boardgamegeek.com slash guild slash one six six zero or contact us at advance after combat at gmail.com.